Hey, hey, it's episode 118. This is your Thanksgiving Day week episode of Mitch Unfiltered. I feel an enormous <laughs> amount of stress and pressure. I don't know if you can read it on me or not. Oh, yeah. You're going gray. I just... <laughs> is that what 25 years ago I was uh, I, I'm feeling like we owe the patrons the non-patrons the listeners of Mitch Unfiltered just an unbelievably entertaining episode 118 for the entire Thanksgiving Day week because we're not going to do a 118p as you know oh we're not I didn't know that well I sent the te- do you don't oh, read your text no, I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I read about every third one you guys sent <laughs> There'll be no 118P. There'll be a Mr. Postseason and a tell yeah. the tape. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a Kenny Z fantasy football. Yep. There'll be a Seahawks no table. In fact, there's going to be a Seahawks no table on this show and that's owned for the P. Ooh. So we'll do all that stuff. But a show that would ordinarily just drop an, a full show on Thanksgiving, we're going to take the Thanksgiving oh. Day weekend or week off. And maybe there'll be a Phil Collins show dropping somewhere in there too, perhaps. Is it not dropped? No. Well, here's the problem. Here's Do people even know what the Phil Collins... <laughs> right now, somebody who hasn't listened to, like, Mitch Unfiltered since, like, episode 41, who's decided yeah. to just check it out because the sure. Seahawks are 7-3, are, are and three, yeah, yeah. are like, a Phil Collins show? Uh, yeah, that What Phil have Collins. I missed in the last 83 episodes? What happened? On the way to... We were, we Did he to, die? Well, no, he hasn't. He's alive. He's a living legend. But people who are around him die of the smell and the odor. Well, not according to him. According <laughs> to his ex that he gave $35 million to. How is the Phil Collins... You, you sent... A, I read your text. Oh, thank you. You sent a text saying that you were ready. You yeah. were ready. You were set like Saturday or Sunday. Saturday, yeah. To go ahead and drop a... Uh, a, a one, it's a one man. You didn't even get the guy from the guitar shop. To no, help you out. no, no, no. How about a guy from a drum shop to no. help you out on Phil Collins? It's all me. All well, you. It's a lot of songs too. I, I went through his his whole discography, all of his singles with Genesis and him, and his one offs, his collaborations. Fifty two minutes. Discography. Yeah, it's fifty two minutes. It was a lot of work. The problem is, I listened to it on the way to Squim. We went to Squim on Saturday night for my yeah. wife's birthday. Yeah. Happy found, birthday. Thank you. And yeah. I found a couple why of things. Th- why are you thinking? Well, I don't know. Why, why, you, why are you wishing me then? I wasn't. I was wishing her as if she were in the audience right now. But I'm nitpicking over a few things I want to tweak. So it, I, I think it'll be ready. It'll be ready before Thanksgiving. It'll, I, I, just, I heard some level stuff, and my wife's like, just, it's fine. I made her listen to it, yeah. <laughs> I made her listen to it. She was hating her life, I know it, but she... It was just you and her, or well, you, her, and Piper well, on Piper the way to has, swim? Yeah, Piper has AirPods in, so she's, she's in her own She's world. oblivious yeah, yeah, yeah. to the whole situation. Yeah. So not only does she have to sit by the, the blabbermouth, now I'm coming out of the speakers <laughs> right here. <laughs> you and her listening to your Phil oh, Collins yeah. disco- discography, yeah. which 12 people are going to hear. Yeah, well, I have... There are some people who have been reaching out wanting to know when this is going to drop. Really? I've had maybe five or six. What's the excitement level? I, and why Phil Collins? Because he smells? My, my, because he doesn't take a shower? I think that's how it started. I'm not, I'm not sure how we got here. Look, I'm, I, as the person who runs the Patreon site for the yeah. patrons, I'm excited for you to participate. Okay. I thought when you did the thing with the guitar guy, that yeah. was special. Van Halen. I call it. Eddie yeah, Van Halen, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was special. But Eddie Van Halen died. But it was spe- I listened to it. Thank you. I didn't think I was going to be interested at all. I enjoyed it. Oh, good. And it got me to thinking that maybe you would do more of that. And then you went silent. You went dark. And now it took Phil Collins not showering. Did I go dark, though, or did I throw a couple movie trailers in there? No, you... you but not its own special oh, show. I see. Your okay. own deal. All right, all right. Yeah, Your yeah. own, you know, like Scott's Corner yeah. of, of Mitchie the Kid's Patreon site. I picked the, the worst guy to do a retrospective on because he has a million songs. Well, that, somebody would say 
No, you picked the best guy to do it. Why well, would it be interesting? As far as cranking out content, I yeah. mean, I had to lay every song down in real time. Oh, my God. Peter Gabriel makes a, he checks in. And you're not even allowed to play these songs on the show. You know that. Well, that's why I wanted to release them to the patrons. <laughs> You're not allowed to do it there either. I'm, you could get us in big trouble with Patreon. If we get in trouble, yeah. then we know people are listening. I think that's a good thing. They will know that we're like no, a big deal. Because, no, that's not, no, it's not no? a good thing. Okay. Because trouble would be defined as being kicked off Patreon. Oh, And that right. would be a good thing for about 10 seconds. And then for the rest of time and humanity, it would be a bad thing. All right, maybe I won't release it. No, 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 no. <laughs> I did have a guy. He we really, want you to read. He hit me on Twitter. He said, I have a long drive to Suncadia on Friday. Please tell me you'll have it done by then. So some people are looking forward to Funny it. Funny you mentioned Suncadia. Okay. We were going to Suncadia. Yeah? I've never been to Suncadia. Have you been oh, to Suncadia? Delightful. We were supposed to go for the Thanksgiving. University of Washington freshman Max Levy was coming back. Yeah. We were loading up the truck like the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. And we were... We were shipping off to see the rest, of, just to add to my lineage, to add to my... <laughs> it's 45 minutes away. <laughs> God. Hardly a world traveler, but yes, go ahead. And, you know, now we're not doing it. We canceled. Really? And so yeah. I, my, I am convinced now I will never see Suncadia. Why my is life is going to come and go. I was born in 1967. I'm going to go whenever I go. I'm never going to see. So I don't think it's meant to be. Do you, do you get the, the karma? Like, it's just not meant to be that Mitch Levy mm. goes to Suncadia. Everybody, everybody says, how have you not played golf in Suncadia? Oh, There's like three that. golf courses yeah. there. <laughs> right? And so I've been like hit over the head. Like at one point, Jason Hamilton, like hit me over the head with a, how have you not been to Suncadia? Yeah. I'll set it up for you. Whatever. Not been to Suncadia. Supposed to go for Thanksgiving for a few days, not happening because I I, I don't I'm not comfortable. Yeah, I'm yeah. not comfortable. I don't think Governor Inslee wants me to go. <laughs> you do everything Sniff. he says, don't you? <laughs> well, so, okay, I'm not doing an ad for him, but Suncadia is great in the fall. They have something called Fall Fest right next to it. Never heard of it. It's great. Okay, and then in the winter, it's so festive there. When Piper was little, we'd go and an elf would come to her room and read our bedtime story and. You can pay. Yeah, but this is not. You the, can. This yeah. is not the year to do that. All that stuff. Yeah, I guess you're. But I'm saying, like in the future, sick. don't don't sell Suncadia short. And then if you go in the summer, they have a yeah. pool. It's really a cool place. I know this is the tease, and already Steve oh, yeah, is pissed right. off at us. But you realize that I spent part of my week last week at a COVID testing site, right? You understand that? Yeah, I have that in my notes. I was going to ask you about. We already what the had one is. scare, and I've been hiding. For the last eight months. Yes. And yet we already, we still had a scare. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Okay. So yeah, we didn't tell this group about your COVID situation. Yeah. Right? I mean, if they don't follow you on Twitter. It kind of feels like this is the same group, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, as an update, uh, yeah, my family, I just, I, I, I want to pick and choose. I just don't want to out the person. It doesn't matter who the person is. Okay. But the person who's kind of close to our family uh, was exposed to us about two and a half weeks ago. Now okay. it's two and a half weeks ago. Okay. And just one time. And she started feeling bad and her husband started feeling bad and they <sighs> went and got tested and bam, they were positive. Oh boy. And the three of us were like, oh, my God, the one per literally we have worn body suits for six, eight months. We got next to we got close to one person. <laughs> You've had family come into town from New York. Correct. Not allowed in the house. Not allowed in the house. They're pissed. I haven't talked to us since. <laughs> it's true. You've been very careful. Your uh, my sister-in-law clearly was pissed the whole week, the, the whole three or four days that she was here. Really? Oh, <laughs> 
pissed. This can't be the first time. They wanted also. to come see Misty. They wanted to come to the sure, house. Yeah. They wanted to visit. And we, we kept on saying, sure, we'll meet you outside <laughs> at this particular place <laughs> 10 feet apart. Yeah. And then this yeah. woman comes down sick with symptoms sick. Oh, boy. Sick, sick. And the husband is sick, sick. And they got both tested. They both. So we had to load up the Beverly Hills truck again. And instead oh. of go to Suncadia, instead of going east, we went west. And we ended up on, a, on the worst day of the week, whatever that day was last week, where it was just pouring and cold, standing. And they had a standing in a line. We couldn't even drive up. We had to stand oh, outside in the rain in a line. We were there for a good hour. Hour. And, and, oh. and there's nothing better when you're going to get COVID tested than standing in a group with people who think they have COVID. It's a fabulous, it's a fabulous <laughs> right. experience. Right. You ought to try it sometime. At least if you go to Home Depot or the grocery store, they may or may not have it. You don't know. All these people think they have it. <laughs> when you, it's like going to my favorite ride. It's a small world oh, and, have, and, and having oh. malaria in, 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 in line, okay? Uh, and But the good news, and that's why you and I, when we did the peace show right after the Seahawks' big win against the Cardinals yes. on Thursday night, the instant reaction peace show, you were at your place, I was at, because we hadn't gotten the test results right. yet. But we have now. We're all negative. Good. And it was two and a half weeks ago. We haven't seen her since. We okay. haven't been exposed to her since. So if we were going to have it, we'd have it. Right. We don't have it. We're good. Good. And that's why you're invited back. You said your wife wasn't feeling great. Is she feeling better? She's feeling better. It's okay. funny. I think... Psychosomatic. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to say. It. Don't say that too loud. Well, don't say. It. <laughs> she's not the only one. Just shh. She's right out there. When, when, but when this thing first <laughs> happened, I'd go in the grocery store and my chest would feel tight. I think it was just nervousness. Oh, like I'm like working myself oh, yeah. up. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I get yeah. it. Like you, you know. Well, I'll just. Uh, I'll apologize to Steve. I'll give you the capper to the story okay, gotcha. here in the tea <laughs> section. We haven't started yet, but I'll give you the capper to the story, which is just a little detail that you'll say. Of course, right. of course, Murphy's law. Which is, after we found out that they had tested positive and we then scheduled these tests, yeah. my, my wife started feeling ill. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know if it's in my head, but I'm, I don't know. I, and she starts the, those two or three days in between. And then the day after we took the test, waiting for the results. Sure. I'm not feeling great. I think this is terrible. I mean, whatever. And then she goes to the website where you get the results. And it says, I kid you not. Mitch and Brett negative, Sharon pending. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, she almost checked herself into the emergency room right. when she saw pending. <laughs> we need to look at this one a little longer. There's something we don't like with this result. Oh, God. The last so, thing she needed to uh, see. Huh? But it turns out the next day, and I was like, were they just playing games with us somebody yeah. somebody's playing a trick on it was alan funt you know no one knows alan you know alan funt but no yeah, one else candid camera right? yeah. yeah yeah somebody like playing a trick on yeah, us yeah. just Punk to see how it would be ashton kutcher yeah yeah i got gotcha. you yeah, yeah so. well i'm glad you guys are all healthy yeah well, I mean, we're not going to suncadia we're going to stay here and have a quiet thanksgiving uh max is getting tested this week before he comes home okay once and he's supposed to quarantine after he gets tested He's supposed to quarantine. Are you listening out there? Right. He's supposed to quarantine after he gets tested so that if he's, you know, that he doesn't pick up something in between sure. the testing coming home. And what are you guys doing for Thanksgiving? What are you going to do? Well, we were you supposed were in to squim go to- for your anniversary. No, for her birthday. Birthday, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just for a 
last minute yeah. one-nighter. She's never easy. gonna want to travel with you again because she thinks she's gonna have to listen to some I retrospective know. on unbelievable. I made her listen to that crap <laughs> on Philip Bailey next time. Phil- <laughs> Philip Bailey. <laughs> yeah, so we went to swim for the night. I, five yeah. hours ago, I was petting a bison's face. Like we had so much fun. We went to the game farm again. Oh, because that's yeah, what you've, you've talked about that before. Because she loves it now. She's hooked. Who's that, she? My my wife. Okay, likes it more than Piper. Yeah. So that's what she wanted to do. So we anything took off. come to the car. Everything comes to the car. What if they damage the car? Do you have to sign a waiver before you go through there? It, there it's, Who's re- is the is the giraffe respond? Can you sue a giraffe? Well, there's no giraffe. Can you giraffes. bring a giraffe to no giraffe? <laughs> no, no, giraffe. no, no. <laughs> Northwest animals typically. Um, it's funny. I, I said there's the guys with the big animals. They're so good at never hitting your car. You'd think they'd bump it or something. Right after I said that, this big bison like twisted the mirror a little bit. You know, just just bumped into it. You know, you can you yell at him. You know, <laughs> speaking of yell, I got yelled at by a teenager who works there for driving oh, too fast. Oh, well, why are we driving fast but if we're trying to enjoy ourselves? You can't believe there. These alpacas were and these these elk were so they're like no, no one was there. We had the place for ourselves. Really? So no one's feeding them. So they're swarming. And you our don't car. get out of your car. No, you just roll down the window. So I gunned it a bit to kind of get out of there. Otherwise, they're just going to swarm you. Yeah. And I get flagged down by a high schooler settling oh, my geez. hash oh boy that's what i need right yeah. sir i'm gonna need you went a little fat like, all right whatever i'm going like 11 and i'm getting spoken to at the game farm by a high schooler oh <laughs> embarrassing that's fabulous yeah anyway so we had fun. but thanksgiving um we were gonna go to arizona to see my father-in-law and my dad oh, that's right you canceled that too right? yeah we were gonna stay with my father-in-law yeah. but he's decided yeah. he's driving up now by himself he's just gonna drive oh. up to seattle oh because it's going crazy in Arizona. It's, it's so it's that's part of it. He, there, there's better regulations up here. Yeah. And he wants to see his daughter, of course. He wants to see the family. The granddaughter. And his daughter. Oh, and his daughter. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah. He wants to see the family, I would hope, as well. Okay. So we're hosting, I Your guess, wife. all of a sudden. Yes, my yes. wife. Yeah. We're hosting all of a sudden, which we never have done. I mean, it's just one guy, but now we've got to get Thanksgiving food and do all that stuff. Oh, are so you going to cook? Are you going to... Are you guys cooks over there? Like, we'll cook the whole... I'm sure... If we don't do the Daniels thing, which we'll talk about with Daniels later, but if we don't do the Daniels thing, we're going to cook... We're cooks. We're not good cooks, but we like to cook. I like to cook, too, and I offered to do it, but I think my wife's just going to order from a store. Yeah, just easy. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Less cleanup. There it is. Episode 118 is about to begin, Steve. Uh, (laughs) Subscribe, listen, and rate. All 118 episodes, by the way, are available on your favorite podcast app. And we hope that you'll subscribe and listen. Uh, we're still fishing for ratings and reviews. Yeah. I, I, I check. I, I look for the reviews. Uh, so then you read this one. Well, I don't know. It's I got, been a while. I got two of the last three. Well, they're not, they, they don't come in very often anymore. Everybody, okay. did, it, everybody did it right away. And yeah. it was really, really nice and flattering. But when you go to your Apple podcast or whatever you do, you can see four stars, five stars, whatever. You can rate us five stars and you can write a little comment. Yep. Um, and I got two of the more recent ones that I like. Well, okay. one is, I probably shouldn't even read, but one just said from, from, from Goose Beef, I don't know who that is. He wrote, he posted this, five stars, the vibe and energy is awesome. I love the local Seattle area focus, which you don't like, Cincinnati doesn't like. Yeah. For those from somewhere else, there is an understated analysis. National sports stories as well, which is objective and well thought out. Ooh. That's nice. Apparently he hasn't listened since Jason left. Um, <laughs> That's true. Mitch, the glory uh, days. I'll skip the next part. And then the next one is Hotshot Scott. Oh, no. It's, it's titled Hotshot Scott. Okay. So this recent review from PR115698. Well, I'm writing that down so I can track him down later. PR115698 writes on the Apple podcast site where you rate and review. He gives five stars. Yeah. And it says Hotshot Scott. Oh, boy. 
Love the end of the show antics by Hotshot. Oh. Listen to this. Not hilarious, but accumulatively, I can't even say the word, yeah. accumulatively, accumula, accumulatively, I can't even say the yeah, word, can you say one. it? Accumul- accumulatively. Accumulatively funny. Yeah, yeah okay. ac- accumulatively funny. I don't even know if that's a word. Mm-hmm. Love the end of the show, uh, Antics by Hotshot. Not hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but he loves it. But accumulatively funny. Love being about... Love being about to hear you guys in Central Oregon and takes me back to the mid-90s when I lived in Seattle. These oh, are people cool. that don't live in Seattle. Just discovered you guys a few weeks ago, so I'm listening to everything starting with episode zero. Keep it up. It's great. Great. So, ladies and gentlemen, along with the <sighs> not hilarious, yeah. but accumulatively uh, funny hotshot Scott, I'm Mitch. If he doesn't like the end antics, if he thinks it's just okay, <laughs> then we can, we'll just pass this week. We'll just pass. No, he likes it. He likes it, but he doesn't want to mislead people. It's not hilarious. <laughs> okay, fine. It's good, but yeah. let's not go overboard. Fine, I'll take. Okay, I'll take good. Tempering is yeah. Five bucks a month to become a patron. MitchUnfiltered.com. And why wouldn't you become a patron this week when we're not doing a patron show? Yeah, uh, but you're, you oh, might get Phil Collins. You get Phil. Co- you might get Phil Collins. You'll get. All the things that I mentioned, Seahawks No Table, Mr. Playoffs, and the Tale the Tape show that we do, the uh, the fantasy football, that's a cult classic. If you play fantasy football, yeah. you like Kenny Z. Yeah, sure. I just trust me. You probably have never heard Kenny Z. I've heard of him, but I've, I've never oh. listened to that segment. It's a cult classic. Okay. The relationship, the chemistry, the joking, the prodding. It's Got it. It's, it's, it's classic uh, Kenny Z. Anyway, you'll get all that stuff. You just won't get a 118P because it's Thanksgiving this Thursday. All right? Beat the Boys, presented by Five. I'm getting there, Steve. Relax. Uh, <laughs> you can hear. You can feel him, right? You I think, feel him. Yeah. I just, would you get to the start of the Open, for God's sakes? Did we meet at Marymore Park? Why did I even run to that meeting? <laughs> He did run. <laughs> no, he drove. He surprised. Oh, me. did he? Yeah. Beat uh, the boys. Yes. Presented by Fireside Home Solutions. Yes. Tell me you had the Washington Redskins over the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm begging you to tell me you had the Washington Redskins on Sunday over the Cincinnati Bengals. First of all, I, I'm not going to correct you because they're not called that anymore. Oh, geez. I can't stop doing that. Yeah, people get mad at that. Sorry, the Washington football team. Yes. I don't do that on purpose. I totally I, forgot. You lived sorry. there. You've been calling them that for 50 years. I am so years. sorry. I don't You're an old that. dog. I do not mean any disrespect. No, I know. I'm sorry. Um, I'll go back and I'll edit that. <laughs> we'll not really. It's too much post. trouble. <laughs> yeah. We'll fix it in post. Right. Of course we will. Uh, how could I pick that team? They're horrible, Washington. The Washington football team. Well, Cincinnati's horrible, too. They both, I think, had won two games. Tell me you picked. You didn't. I picked Joe Burrow. So did I. <laughs> really? Can't we on these types of games go one, go one side, one the other, so that we can beat some section of the audience? No. But do we beat any section if we break even? You, you're not looking at it the right way. You still <laughs> haven't figured this out. What? I win one, you lose one. Right. Yeah. You, 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 to beat to win the prize, you have to beat both of us. Well, I keep thinking that we're over the course of the our season. Yeah, we're okay. not pooling yeah. our picks over the course of the season. Well, right. I'll start reading your text that you send me. Did you have the Colts who tried so desperately? Have you ever seen a team try to lose a game? Yeah. I mean, just try to blow choke a team a, a game away. Have you ever seen that? As much as you saw the Colts against the Packers on Sunday, I listened to the end of it on the way to your house. Actually, you I did was rooting in my car because I had the Colts. So did I. But as a Seahawks fan. I'm like, uh, it's good, right? It's fantastic. Yeah. Not good. It's yeah. fantastic. Right. So it was like a double win. I've never seen that in my life. 
By the way, how about that guy on Twitter suggesting that I didn't know you were talking about trading places? Hey, of all the Which people, reference did I? What, what, what? Pork bellies, pork bellies. Uh, pork bellies, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, of yeah. all the people to suggest I wouldn't catch an 80s movie reference. Well, it's, it's okay if you didn't. No. That's the only, that's like you one of my not, few skills I kinda, in life. I kind of thought you didn't either. Oh, really? It kind of went over your head. Yeah, it's tough when we're not in the same room. I didn't want to interrupt you and, you know, whatever. I don't think you did. I don't think you got it. Of course I got it. That's what I, <laughs> if I get, I never see that in my life. I never see that in my life. <laughs> then I get the pork belly one. Oh, dear. All right, so week 12 is coming up for the Beat the Boys contest presented by the Fireside Home Solutions. For those of you playing along, three games. Here are the three games that I've picked for this upcoming Sunday. Cards, Patriots. Okay. Who you rooting for? Good one. Who's your best pal? Yeah. Who's your friend? Yeah. The Patriots. Yep. And the Cardinals. Uh, Chiefs, Bucks. How about that game? It's a good one. That's a good one. Chiefs, Bucks. Could it be a Super Bowl preview? Chiefs, Bucks, and the Titans and the Colts play. Colts again. Yes. Titans, Colts, Chiefs, Bucks, Cards, Patriots. Code word, Turkey. Those are three. I'm going to write that down. Those are three good games, though. Yeah, Three good games. I think. Yeah, I like them. Code word turkey. All right. Okay. Guests on this episode 118. We're doing something a little different. We'll, we'll have our Rick Neuheisel chat presented by Taco Time Northwest and the Taco Time Northwest app. In terms of the other guests, we're going to do two segments with what we call the Seahawks No Table. Yep. That typically is only for patrons during the week, but it's a good chemistry. It's a fun show. Yep. Even if you don't love the Seahawks, if you just like the NFL, you like three guys going at each other and kind of jabbing at each yep. other, we, we do a good job of that. So I'm going to take the Seahawks No Table, which is typically very long. We're going to make it into two segments. Love it. So those will be your three interview segments. Rick Neuheisel, Seahawks No Table into two with Joe Fan and Brady Henderson. Rick Neuheisel, by the way, the head coach of the Huskies uh, at my Apple Cup story I want to talk about. He was the head coach. Can't wait for the Apple Cup this week. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) We'll have to go ahead and discuss that. We got it. Steve's killing us. We got to go. We got to go. And before we begin this episode 118, Hotshot, a few words from our partners like Evergreen Golf Call. A happy Thanksgiving week from the entire crew. A wealth manager like Evergreen has become more important than ever with the uncertain economy, a worldwide pandemic, and a change in leadership here in the United States. Evergreen Golf Call is here to help you make important family decisions moving forward. Begin at evergreengolfcall.com. Golf Call is G-A-V-E-K-A-L.com. A premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Zeke's Pizza. President Dan Black will be on this episode 118 talking about their incredibly efficient and prompt delivery service at Zeke's. I'm amazed every time we click the app in the Levy family. Northwest-style pizza, not to mention an award-winning beer list that can be delivered right to your door in no time. Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Daniel's Broiler, obviously indoor dining is now again on hold, but remember this. One of the biggest days of the year for Daniels has always been Thanksgiving. A fantastic full meal deal with all the trimmings, delivery, pickup. If you're not into the whole cooking process, I urge you to consider calling Les Shy, South Lake Union, or the Bellevue location. Daniels in your home for Thanksgiving Day, a world-class steakhouse. The Kirkland office of Gill Mortgage. Do you have any idea... What a five or seven minute call with Jordan Flowers or a member of Jordan's team in Kirkland could save you hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month. Rates are unimaginably low. Pull out cash for refinancing. Stay right where you are in the life of the loan. Just pay less. 30-year fixed rates are in the high twos. You are making a mistake if you don't at least consider calling 425-250-3150, the Kirkland office 
of Guild Mortgage. This is episode 118, our Thanksgiving week episode, and it starts right now. Unfiltered. If you asked me a month ago, I would have told you, I think I did tell you, that we don't need the Seahawks defense to be great. If they played the rest of the year like they played on Thursday night against the Cardinals and the Seahawks offense got their running game back and started putting up the numbers that they were putting up the first five games once everybody comes back, that's a Super Bowl contending team right there. Unfiltered. Trey Flowers, just awful. I don't think it was quite as bad as Quentin Dunbar's game a couple of weeks ago that I called the worst defensive back performance against the Bills in the history of the NFL. But yes. boy, oh boy, Trey Flowers, man. Every time they threw that little out pad, we, we didn't even see Trey Flowers in the screen. I mean, what the hell? Mitch is unfiltered. It's time now to officially begin episode 118. No, I was going to say 118P. 118, episode <laughs> right. 118, because there will be no. This is actually 118 and 118P. With this enormous pressure and stress, this cloud over my head yeah. to make this an entertaining show for the Thanksgiving, because I am so thankful for everything that you've done and Thank Jason's you. done and all our listeners have done and the people that have kind of pounded their fist on the on the uh, table to get me to come back in some way, shape, or form. I'm so thankful. It's made a, a complete difference in my life. This is episode 118. The Seahawks did not play on Sunday. They played on Thursday, but we did a quick reaction. It wasn't yep. really quick. We did an hour-long show <laughs> about the, uh, the Seahawks' victory over the Cardinals, and right now, you can hear it. You know what the Seahawks are doing right now? No. Healing. Oh, yeah. Just quiet. They need it. Hopefully there's no COVID stuff going on right now. Hopefully nobody's being irresponsible and getting out and getting in, in, in harm's way. That's my one worry about these types of long breaks until next Monday night that we're going to pick up a newspaper or here on Twitter on Saturday next week that somebody tested positive for COVID. I hope that doesn't happen. But the Seahawks are just healing. They need these seven, eight, nine days to heal before they get a chunk of games now that are just like line up the pins and let's go to business, take care of business and knock them down. Yep. No, you're right. I, I just, I'm glass half empty guy. You are. Typically, yes. I just, if, if they go 4-0 in those next four, does that mean they're good? Does that mean that they're, that they're as good as their record? That's my only concern. It's <sighs> a really good question. And there's so that, that it's a really it's a much more complicated question than you think when you asked it because you're not complicated. <laughs> Very simple, man. <laughs> it's a deeper question than you even know. Yeah, it's a great question. Fool's gold in a way. I hope it's not. Let me turn it around and ask it to you the opposite. OK. What would you rather be good and it's questionable whether you're really that good and 11 and three? Or would you rather be? Oh, really, really good. No, everybody loves how good you're play, how well you're playing right now. Yeah, and seven and seven, or eight and six. The reason I ask that question is because on some level, what decides the outcome of a season, on some level, now I'm saying, more than how good you are, is the position you're in at the end of the season. Right. Yeah. So there's a little give and take. Would you rather be what I'm, you know, would you rather be the two seed and be playing questionable, not questionable football, good, but maybe not great football? Yeah. 
or would you rather be the five seed and playing great? Yeah. What would you rather? Yeah, I'd rather be the higher seed. I, I don't know. Maybe you would. Yeah. Maybe you wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. So are these four games going to answer questions? I don't know. They're going to answer your questions. But what I do know, and I don't know if you've got the standings in front of you. I don't, I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but they play the Eagles on Monday night after getting help. They're going to get Shaq back. They're going to get Carson back. And they're going to get Posick back. The three guys they need desperately to get. Get all three guys back. And then they're going to play on Monday night in Philadelphia. I watched on Sunday on one of these TVs. Yeah. The Cleveland-Philadelphia game. What a shit sandwich the Philadelphia Eagles are. Really? Oh. Yeah. They're terrible. I mean, they're terrible. Especially offensively. They are terrible. Okay, so they're going to go to Philadelphia on Monday night. Then they're going to come back here for the Giants and the Jets in back-to-back weeks. And then Washington. Think about that. Yeah. The, they are going to be eight, 10-point favorites minimum in every game. So they, they should be able to run those four. Now, every, any given Sunday, I get it. These yeah, are football yeah. teams you never quite know. They should be even I – don't, I don't know how good they are. They, should be, they, they run those four now. They're 11-3 and three with two weeks to go. Yeah. And those two games are the Rams – Rematch here, no fans, but here, yep. and the 49ers there. A bad, a bad 49ers team. By then, last game of the season, they play the 49ers. So that's 12. Yeah. So the Rams, if you run the four and you can win the 49ers game, the Rams game is the difference between 13 and three and 12 and four. You may not even actually have to win the Rams. Now, yes, people yelling, wait a second, we got to beat the Rams because we need the tiebreaker. Well, you win all the rest of them, Get to twelve and four. Who's who's to say the Rams? Rams haven't played the Cardinals once yet. Right. Yeah, that's a good. Point. Rams haven't played the Patriots yet. Rams are playing the Bucks on Monday night yeah. after we record. I mean, there's no guarantee that you even have to win the Rams game if you go out and take beat the bad teams now, and yep. then we're talking about ones and two seeds. So I guess that's all I'm, I'm saying. That's all I'm saying, Hot Shot. I guess one of my questions can be answered if they somehow go 500 in these next four. I guess. Oh, my God. They're we'll not know. going 500 in oh, these next okay. four. Okay. Okay. They're I, not. I tend to agree with you, but okay. I guess that will answer a question. They might be mine. going three and one, and somehow. that would be that would not be good. Yeah. Three and one. Yeah. What's the question? Well, no, that, that would answer my question as to whether they're they're legit or not, or whether they're really a good team. If they go 500 in these next four, yeah. or even three and one's going to feel a little... They, there's no on, excuse. These teams are terrible. It feels like these are the four worst teams Although, in the league. Although, I got to say, the one thing that really makes me feel good, despite having Cincinnati and Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow got hurt, and I feel terrible for him, but yeah. he seems good. he's going to be out for the season. But the Alex Smith story, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I don't know how many, uh, what percentage. I, I know that all of our audience knows, kind of generally speaking, that Alex Smith suffered a gruesome leg injury. You know, I don't know how many people have seen the documentary and really quite understand what he went through. I mean, they were they were taking his leg off. They were wondering whether he's going to live. Yeah. I mean, this is this was this was unbelievably bad. There's some pictures floating around of it of the. Uh, I can't Horrid. look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. brutal. Awful. Yeah. Infections and twelve surgery. I don't know how many surgeries, but I'm not sure everybody understands the gravity. And yet he's out there winning football games on Sunday. Crazy, right? Playing football and winning football games on Sunday. That was nice. Good but, for him. But I don't know where. So he's going to play against the Seahawks. Right. And I'll kind of cheer for him quietly off to the side and cheer for the Seahawks to win. But uh, other stuff happening. 
we don't have a we don't have a dissection of a Seahawks game to do, but we've got the Apple Cup that I thought was going to be played this. You, you actually, upon recording this show, you came in and said, "Hey, it's canceled," you know, and I was like, "What? <laughs> you had a whole thing planned? You got Steve Hetman. I've got... been watching the Indianapolis Colts and the Green Bay Packers <laughs> yeah. and sweating, and you come in with this." I was going to ask you for your story. You've been teasing us for weeks and weeks and weeks that you've got a, a fun. I, I was going to tell you the dogs are nine and a half point favorites. I was going to wonder aloud, are they as good as they look Saturday night? They look like a world beater on Saturday night. Like they, like nobody could, like Alabama would be 12 point underdogs right. against them they're, they're on two, Saturday. Well, night. they're 2-0 oh at the end of November. I mean, I think it's playoff time. Playoff time. <laughs> well into November, they're 2-0. Oh. They're running the crap out of the ball. They're just punishing people on the offensive line. Was there a lot of garbage time points? Because I... No, 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 no. They just... Took no, the, I mean for the other team. Yes. Though, for, okay. Yes. Because when I, when yes, I got... Yes, they were up 33 nothing, 34 nothing, 31 nothing. That's something. when we went to dinner. And then I saw that Arizona dropped 24 or something on us. It was yeah. all just garbage. Well, you were with the Bison. They were they were scoring points. <laughs> the Bison was Sunday. <laughs> the Bison are great, though. Boy, do I miss oh, them already. God. So Apple Cup is canceled, yes. It is. Yeah. yeah that, I'm sorry to hear that. <clears throat> as am I. The official statement essentially says that Wazoo just can't field enough varsity players. So they, they can't even fit the minimum requirement of varsity players to suit up. Those damn Cougars screw <sighs> everything up. They ju- don't they? They do. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hate to be, you know, I, I don't want to be rude, but shouldn't Washington just get the win? If you can't, if you forfeit, if you can't field a team, that's an L. You lose. I think we're under extenuating circumstances, Hotshot. And by the way, I don't know if you've been paying attention. This would not be the first canceled college football game <laughs> due to COVID. There, yeah. were, there were approximately 19 of them this past weekend. And, and you've not come to the forefront and asked for a forfeit in any of the previous, like, 50 that have been canceled. But this one, you want a forfeit. Have they all been canceled? Did because- you ask for a forfeit for the Cal-Washington game? Whose fault was that when that one got Was that suspended? canceled because a team couldn't field enough players, or was it just... Yeah, I think it... Well, yeah, see, I, think we there was, I think there was an outbreak... I don't know about field enough players. They just decided not to play. Uh, still unclear if they're going to make it up. It didn't say in the official statement, so I guess we'll have to wait and see. It's a bummer, though. The it's doggies funny. are rolling. I mean, you tell me more about it because I, I didn't watch a ton. I, I sat and I watched it until 30-something nothing, and then I, I actually I did. I saw the, the, the first score for Arizona. But I was under the impression that Arizona had played USC tight. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about any of these teams, yeah. but USC played Arizona. Uh, Arizona played USC tight. USC supposed to be the second best team in the Pac-12 behind Oregon. Okay, and I was figuring a Washington team that had trouble putting Oregon State away. I was just figuring that this would be like the eleven point spread. I was like, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Who and their mother wouldn't take the points? <clears throat> take the points with Arizona <laughs> in that game. Okay. Rodney Dangerfield used to have a have a joke he used to say oh, i'm not a good gambler i hate the horses i hate the horses uh, the opening gun shot my horse i tell you i get no respect <laughs> right right the opening gun shot arizona it was over really? I mean, they just took it to it was 17 nothing before i looked up it was unbelievable against oregon state you you didn't seem to be that impressed with the quarterback so well i wasn't i, I wasn't that impressed with the dynamic nature of the offense in a passing game I felt like they were protecting him a lot and I didn't know whether maybe that meant that there was no upside he had a great night on Saturday a lot of it was catch and run you know like the long touchdown pass was catch and run so I don't want to take anything away from him and by the way let it be known that the wide receivers still decided to drop as many passes as they dropped in the first game. Really? I tweeted out, and I mean this, I Ugh. think the Washington Huskies set an all-time Division One record 
most wide receiver drops in a 40-point win. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't think they ended up winning by 40. But uh, But, the story, so there's a lot of drops. He put some ball. There was one long one in the second half. He put the ball right on the guy's fingertips and a beautiful touch pass. A Russell Wilson dropped it. Oh, dropped it. I have couldn't the game. catch a cold. Those wide receivers. I have the game on my DVR. I'm going to watch it at some no, point. No, you're not. No, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. You know the first why half you're going to watch it? Because Saturday Night Live needed another week off. So well, let's see if you're going to defend them this week. Last I, week you defended them because oh they play, they worked so oh, hard on did. the elections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they got a second week off. Now. Well, I didn't agree to the second week. <laughs> I agreed to the first. They get one week off. Now where the hell? Wait, are, are they done for? Are they done till the spring or until the new year? Maybe? Or are they going to come back at some point? <laughs> They've only done like five shows, and they yeah. didn't do any last year, except that they do the facocta shows on the internet, the virtual shows, which were terrible. Well, yeah, they would like all be in their house and yeah, somehow awful. do a... Really, awful. I didn't think they were bad. I'd rather watch you and me than that. Really? Okay, yeah. well, call them up. <laughs> all right, other stuff. Uh, do you want jo- the Apple Cup story, or do you want to wait on it? Oh. I don't want to interrupt uh, you. Uh, no, no. I'll do the other stuff real quick. Okay. No, no. I'll just do my other stuff, sure. and then I want your Apple Cup story. Okay. Okay. Um, Alex Smith, we talked about still no champagne. You'll notice there was no champagne waiting for. There's going to be champagne waiting for you. Oh, there will. Okay. When the Pittsburgh Steelers lose, I thought it was like metaphorical champagne. No, 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 no. You're going to actually pour me a glass. Well, I, I have the old bottle that your friend <laughs> ripped me for. A <laughs> ten-year-old which, bottle of champagne. <laughs> again, I thought it gets better. Or is it? Is it? I thought champagne's okay growing old. No. No, it is. I think somebody somebody reached out and I think they said it, it does get better or it, it it doesn't go bad is what they said. I think. I don't, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. He he just laughed because clearly you're not much of a drinker because that bottle wouldn't last you know ten minutes at most people's house. There's something I'd like to say to that guy. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. No champagne. No champagne because the Steelers won. Uh, I love the Sean Payton story. I'm kind of doing my other stuff. You yeah, do your other stuff in the, the last segment. The Sean Payton story. Are you, are you familiar with the Saints story, the Sean Payton story, what happened on Sunday with the Saints? No, I love tell this. me. I love this. So you know that Drew Brees broke like 47. I didn't even know you had that many ribs to break. <laughs> right. Did you see the story on Sunday? It came across the bottom like Drew Brees. This is amazing. It says like, Doctors say Drew Brees suffered 13 rib fractures. He'll, be, he'll miss the next two weeks. Yeah, right. I'm like, <laughs> two weeks? I'd be dead. I know, 13. Don't you need those things to protect what's in the middle of them? Uh, yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> and, and from what I hear, when you break a rib, it, it hurts to breathe. Of course it does. I mean, forget like a run around. Like if you sneeze or something, you're, you're done. I mean, it's yeah. so painful. I, well, which one was more painful? His remarks this offseason that got him in trouble? <laughs> Or these, <laughs> dun dun dun. dun. Uh, so Sean Payton had to make a decision between Jameis Winston, Winston and this guy Taysom Hill, who's the all-purpose kind of. You like him? I love okay. him. I, right. I think Sean Payton uses him so well. It's so cool to get something out of this guy. Well, he used him bench. different on Sunday. He actually yeah, okay. made him the quarterback. Great. Instead of Jameis Winston, who threw like 35 touchdowns last year, and they got him for this reason. They used Taysom Hill, and they didn't play Jace, uh, Jameis Winston at all. When he made that decision, everybody just jumped all over. Like, what the, what the hell? Like, right. early in the, including this former Falcons player named Roddy White. You probably remember him. Sure. He's a wide receiver. He's good. He's a good, good player. But ever since he's, like, like disappeared and, and retired, he's become this kind of, you know, quasi-Twitter guy. Okay. You know? And he, he wrote some obnoxious tweet, like, on Friday when Peyton named Hill the starter. Like, they named Hill the starter? We are just going to eat their asses for yeah, some some yeah, some yeah. really kind of inflammatory story, and Peyton they won they won on Sunday. Hill had a big game. Did he? Okay, good. Yeah, and Peyton went straight into the locker room and retweeted Roddy <laughs> one. 
That's what he. That was the business he had to take care of right after the no, game. No, it wasn't a retweet with a comment. It was yeah, just yeah. a retweet. Like, love it. Retweet. Read this, everyone. This genius. Oh, I love that. That's great. Just for popped him, him one. Um, and then what else do I have? Uh, I, I have a couple other things I'll do in the in the other stuff segment. So so. Many weeks ago, months ago, you said, I have a, an Apple Cup story for you. Yeah, I meant to tell it last time, Yeah, the last Apple Cup. I just forgot. Did, what, did it come about when I asked you if you'd ever been to the Apple Cup? I think so, yeah. Okay, okay. I, I've been to one in Pullman in my life, and okay. it's this story. I've never been to Pullman. I had been there for a high school football I was going to go on the way to Suncadia. Yeah, on the way. <laughs> God, the you ever... stop in Pullman on the way to Suncadia. I went there once in high school and had never been back until 2002. Okay. That was the only time I'd ever, and to this day, I've never been back to Pullman. I don't okay. know if I'm allowed. So, well, it's not that bad. But in 2002, my boss comes to me and says, I got four Apple Cup tickets. Do you want them? 2002 meaning when you were with us? I no. was, I was with, I was on Cube. Yeah, yeah. You, same, same, same parent. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah same when parent. you're in radio, when you're in radio, not when you're at Microsoft. Correct. When okay. I was in radio. Yeah. Eric Powers comes up and gives me four tickets. Yeah. And I was like, eh, if I can find people to go, I'll go. If not, I'll just give them back to them. Yeah. Hell so, of a nice guy, that Eric. That's Powell. great. Yeah. So I, redheaded fella. A redheaded fella, yes. Yeah. yeah. Cube 93. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where is he these days? Uh, he got blown out of there like the rest of us, right? That was the saddest thing because the minute he's there for 20 years. He gets fired, and then they change the name of the station to Power 93. Like, they name it after him the minute he's gone. I don't think it was after no, him. No, it wasn't after him. He's there his whole life, and now it's called Power. Anyway, so I get four tickets. I find yeah. three friends to go with me. Two are going to drive with me. One's going to meet me there. They're going to Spokane. So I'm thinking, all right, we're on the air in Spokane. Maybe I can get a couple bucks out of this so I can get like an appearance. Oh, Right, on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. So I talked to the sales staff. They talked yeah. to the Spokane. Yeah, we used to be on in Spokane. I used right. to travel to Spokane. Go ahead. So now I have a, a Friday night pub crawl, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. You know what a pub crawl is? No. Okay. They rent a couple of big buses, or you, a bus, whatever, yeah. and you go to like five different bars. So you, no one drives. You just you Like go when the, you're turning 21 years old, you do this. Yeah, sure. Same kind of thing. Yeah. But this is going to be with a bunch of listeners. Okay. And this, so this has the potential to be awesome or embarrassing because I don't know how many people are going to show up for this thing. Just for the record, yep. n- no offense, this is not the type of appearance that I would have sought out when I was a KJR. No, I, I don't think... <laughs> well, the funny part, Stephen Kilbreth weaseled his way into this somehow. Oh. Hey, but he's, he was 65 at 16 like you. I mean, he, pub crawl with Stephen Kilbreth. I mean, come on. This, no, it, it doesn't fit. He was what? 65 at 16 like you. Like, you know. Pub crawl. You didn't even know what it was, for God's sakes. He's the same kind of guy. I was not 65 at 16. Oh, how old were you? I was the coolest 16 ever. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Playing Barry Manilow in your room by yourself? Blasting it. <laughs> Mandy never sounded better. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So now I have this, this event Friday. I remember pulling in to Spokane. You can see the lights. I turn the radio on. listen listening to the station. Yeah. And they're, they're plugging this event on the radio. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. Cause yeah. They're, they, yeah. The event was amazing. We go to five bars. It's packed. I think they had two buses full of listeners. It, it was like one of the most fun nights of my life, all right? We get back to the hotel. One of my friends falls asleep in the lobby of the, the hotel's called the Davenport. It's pretty oh, nice. yeah, yeah. The Davenport's the nicest hotel in Spokane. It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, I don't know if it still is, but it was pretty. <laughs> oh, I've heard legendary stories about the Davenport. It was pretty hoity back oh, then. Oh, the Davenport. So my friend falls asleep in the lobby. Mark few stays. Oh, is that right? No. I don't. So he falls, and they wake him up. Sir, you can't sleep here. And he just gets pissed off, and he flies back to Seattle. All right? So that was some weirdness right there. He's Before a the, the game never happened. He never went. <laughs> Friday night, he just says, F you. Didn't tell anyone. Just books, left. Books a flight home. Yeah. He's a Microsoft guy. Whatever. He's just, he has kind of that, that temperament, so it didn't surprise me that he just left. So now, now we're down to two. What was he mad about? 
I don't, that he got told not to sleep in the lobby. I mean, he just, it doesn't okay. take much to set him off, right? Okay. The, the room may have been, there may have been stuff, you know, there may have been people in the room, you know, so he couldn't really, that's probably why he was sleeping what in the lobby. What are you trying to say, Scott? Nothing at all, really. Okay. okay. <laughs> I, I, maybe he, I think he lost his key card. Okay. Next day we get, next day, <laughs> so we get to the game and my friend and I, Matt, we're pre-funking, we're having some drinks and some stuff and yeah. the game happens and this is the 2002 Apple Cup and this is arguably the greatest Apple Cup of all time. If you're a Husky fan, Cougar fans, do you remember the game at all? The Cougars are, come on. Okay. Cougars are nine and one. If they win, they go to the Rose Bowl. Oh, really? One right. of those. I remember those games. Yeah. New Heisel's. On the other sideline for the Huskies. Oh. Six and five. Not Northwest playing for cha- Northwest Championship. Northwest Championship, Northwest yes. Championship year. Yeah, so. Oh, yeah. It was, it was a big game for the Cougars. Yeah, Washington ru- ruined it for them. Go ahead. So, the C- Huskies can't do anything. It's 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Four minutes left. It's ugly. Cody Pickett takes them on a 92-yard drive. They score. Yeah. Nate Robinson, former dunk champion, gets an interception. Yeah. They kick it. They're, they're tied. It goes to overtime and then double over. It's either double or triple. Kai Ellis has a sack and it ends weirdly with like some fumble recovery. It, it was a real sketchy call to, to win the game, okay? Yeah. Really sketchy. So my friend yeah. and I, we, we run down on the field too. We're in our 20s. You know, we're, we're not in college, but we're in our 20s. So we're on the field with all the college kids and bottles start flying onto the field. I don't know if you remember, this was ugly. Barbara Hedges said she thought she was going to die that night. Bottles are flying from the stands. Glass bottles. Not, right. Not plastic water bottles, like right. liquor bottles. Right. And Husky fans are picking them up and whipping them back at the crowd. It's getting ugly. It's getting bad, right? This Wazoo student runs up to my friend, Matt, puts two middle fingers an inch from his face and just goes, F you. So my friend drops him. One punch. Really? Yeah. The kid's laying on the ground. He rolls over. I see blood in his teeth. And my friends hover over him like he's playing Mortal Kombat. He's got his fist balled up. You know, like, I grab him. Like, we got to get out of here. We can't like be- Tyson standing over Spinks or totally. something? Totally. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we can't be beating up college kids. We can't- We're up 28 or whatever at this point, you know. We're up 28? I'm 28 years oh, old. Like, oh, I'm a little, yeah. like, you know, okay, I, yeah. I got a job. Like, we, we should probably go. One punch. Well, he played at UW, so it's like the wrong guy to, like, you know, talk crap to. He's probably a big guy. Why big enough, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was a corner, but he's still yeah, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. So now I remember that we're parked in Greek Row at Wazoo. And we got all our Husky stuff on. I'm like, I, we got to be careful. So we're literally peeling off our Husky clothes on the way there because I don't want to fight a frat. Like, we're going to, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, that Cougar crowd was pissed off. Okay. The Rose Bowl ain't happening. It was a yeah. crappy, sketchy call. So people are mad. Yeah. So we get back to Greek Row. Luckily, we get in the car and we go. Yeah. Now, to get into Pullman, it's it's a two-lane highway. It's one one lane each way. It's brutal especially after a game apparently and we're going slow and there's a guy in front of me he's going extra slow and i was like i'm, I'm passing this guy I'm, I'm just i'm i'm doing it oh no pitch black yeah i'm, I'm I, I can't take it anymore i'm passing him i i'm a i'm a dickhead anyway when i drive like i'll be the first to admit it there's a car coming the other way but i was like i got a 5.7 liter hemi v8 I'm, i'll be good <laughs> i zoom around him and i i see the car coming and i get over just in time it was a little closer than I liked. <laughs> oh. I may have underestimated a little but bit. But you squeezed in? I got in. Yeah. Okay. 20 seconds later, I'm getting lit up by the oh. cops. Well, of course you are. I'm getting lit up. Yeah. All right. You deserved it. Now, keep in mind that we had been pre-funking before, so there's open liquor bottles in the oh, car. Oh, no. There's other stuff that's completely no, no, no. legal these days. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we... Like the great chameleon air, like, like yes, <laughs> like the great chameleon air saying, "We were riding dirty." 
just like Ev, you probably don't get that reference, but we were riding dirty. Like if that cop wanted to mess with us, you know, he had plenty of reason to, even though I was sober, I, we hadn't drank for five or six hours, but okay. I pull over the cop comes to the window. Yeah. This guy wants to kill me. He's got sweat bubbling up on his upper lip. He can't even talk. He's, he's stuttering and stammering. Have you ever gone into shock for like an injury or anything where I went into shock one time and I had trouble getting words out. That's kind of what, like what this guy was doing. He was just like the officer. Yes. He was on fire. Really? He was the car. Yeah. Coming the other way. And he said, I ran him off the road. Oh, he had to bail and go in the ditch. Your luck that the car coming the other way was an officer. Of course. Right. Of course. (laughs) So now I got a pissed off small town cop. I got liquor bottles, other stuff in the car. Oh, no. The guy next to me is African-American. How do I not know this story after all the years knowing you? How's the fact that I'm hearing this for the first time? I don't really tell them about this. Because I'm not really proud of it, my behavior. But the guy next to me is African-American. We're in a small town. If God forbid that cop's prejudice, now we're really going to get effed with. All right. He was so mad, Mitch. I I think he wanted to fight me because I ran him off the road. I don't know how he only gave me a ticket. He kind of threw it at me, like dismissed me. Like when he came back, he didn't, thank God he didn't start looking around the car. We're, we're done. I'm, I'm making a collect call to my new girlfriend at 3 a.m. from a jail in Colton or whatever the hell we were. He takes the ticket and he just like chucks it at me, like pissed off. It's like, all right, cool. What did he cite you for? Just like reckless driving? Yeah, yeah. some reckless yeah. thing or other. Yeah. If he would have said to me, $1,000 and I let you, you have to pay $1,000, but I won't check your car, you can go, I would have taken that deal. I was that worried. Because we have, you know, you can't drive around with open liquor. I I, I got you. Jeez, (laughs) dude. He could have made my life hell. So, okay, fine. Great. We get back going. An hour later, I get pulled over again. For for speeding. (laughs) Where are we going, by the way? Seattle. Going back to Seattle. I thought you flew. You didn't fly? No, we we drove over. Remember, the radio was on and we're having fun. And we're plugging my appearance. That's that's right. Yeah, so after I ran the cop off the road, I get pulled over again for speeding by state patrol. And those guys never they're all business if you get pulled over by state patrol in my experience you're getting a ticket you're just getting a ticket they don't want to hear they don't want to excuse it nothing yeah this guy could not have been nicer i couldn't believe it oh complete warning oh i think he was is all the stuff gone now no it's still in there like i'm still scared to death he could make our lives miserable too yeah we didn't get rid of anything we just took off they don't put a flashlight into your car in the middle of the night they didn't back then i i I think he knew apple cup was over he's catching people coming back from the mountains and he wanted to make sure people weren't so so he hit you with a ticket he let us go with a warning thank god oh really i thought here we go i got off dog fan husky fan yeah maybe yeah maybe because we were on cube cube fan (laughs) definitely not that he looked like arlie ermy i don't know if you remember picture that actor oh uh i can't believe he let us go Uh uh-huh so he lets us go and then that's it. And f- I, I get back to my girlfriend's apartment at like 1 a.m. And I just remember falling on the bed. I was just, I was dead. I was done. And then she wrote a letter to try to get the, you know, get the ticket dismissed. No. Pay the, pay the full thing. <laughs> that guy would have been pleased to, to, to appear in court. No. And plus, it's like four hours away. Like, I'm not showing he up He would there. have been thrilled oh. to come meet you in court. He probably still had some things to say to you. To this day, I oh my don't God. know how he didn't the mess with us. Apple Cup trip from hell. But it was fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun the first couple nights. It was a lot. Of, if, if that cop that I ran off the road was here now, I would give him the biggest hug for not ruining my life. He really could have messed with us. He, he could have been a real jerk. There. I know. He's out there somewhere. Yeah, I don't even know where we were. It was probably an hour outside of Pullman, and I thought, I'm, we're, we're done. I'm done. I don't know that I've ever been in that situation that he was in. I mean, I, 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 I pass cars all the time on yeah. two-lane roads, and my, my, my wife and kids don't like it. No, my wife hates it. Um, yeah. But... 
I don't know that I've ever been the car coming the other way where somebody's tried to squeeze in. Scary. So I, it must be horrifying. Oh, dude, he I, he wanted to fight. I, he wanted to kill. Did me. you realize that you were that close? No. That you pushed him off the. Side? I swear to you, I didn't. Like it was a little closer than I liked. <laughs> I thought I would make it by a little more, <laughs> but. I had no idea that it was that close. He says I ran him off into the ditch. <laughs> I ran a cop off the road into a ditch and somehow only got away with the ticket. Uh, Rick Neuheisel and then the Seahawks no table. You'll have two segments of the Seahawks no table here on episode 118. And then you and I will come back for the other stuff segment. Evergreen CEO Tyler Hay is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered. Great partner. When you think of a financial advisory firm, Tyler, stocks and bonds advice and investments immediately come to everybody's mind. But Evergreen does for clients, it goes way beyond that, right? Talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, I think when people think about wealth management or a financial advisor, they think about stocks and bonds and those types of things. But really, that's kind of in the ninth inning. You know, people have a lot of life events that lead up to the point where they have wealth that needs to be managed. So whether they're going through a divorce, whether they're selling a business, whether they're considering selling a business, whether they're inheriting money. There's a whole bunch of life events that go on prior to actually managing the money. And we help people navigate those challenges far before they're actually the money's in their hands. Tax accounting and prep is now a layer also of Evergreen Golf Call, correct? Correct, Mitch. On July 1st, we closed on Sterling Cooter, so we now have a tax advisory component to our firm, so clients don't have to play quarterback in between their financial advisor and their CPA and making sure all the documents go back and forth. We just handle it for them. So for Mitch Unfiltered listeners to find out more about Evergreen Golf Call, they've heard about you for years now on our on our podcast. Start with the website. Start with the newsletter. Yeah, they can go to the website and read the newsletter. That gives them a little bit of uh, insight into how we think. And then there's also a, a client uh, compatibility survey that, that kind of helps us identify who might be a good fit for us. Evergreen Golf Call and Tyler Hay and the whole crew with offices along the West Coast. It's terrific to have them be a partner of Mitch Unfiltered. Evergreen Golf Call, a premier wealth manager in the Northwest. Unfiltered. In trouble, Fields, turning, Fields, dives, touchdown, Buckeyes. On third down and ten, pressure coming, steps into it, finds a crossing, Tokenakoa. Nakoa's got a first down and Minnesota. He breaks clear, he'll score, touchdown. Tokenakoa from 65 yards. As a cherry, I am going to offer the Bearcats over UCF. Second and goal. <laughs> April. Touchdown. Flash. Well, this Tuesday, I'll be picking up my buy one, get one free taco at Taco Time Northwest to celebrate Carlos Hyde's touchdown run in the Seahawks win over the Cardinals last Thursday night. I will be looking for a dessert thereafter. And our next guest whips up one at the end of every weekly segment here on Mitch Unfiltered. The problem is, Rick Neuheisel, that uh, it feels like it tastes like air last week's Sunday. Tastes like nothing. It didn't get played. For the most part, the entire Sunday was wiped away, Rick Neuheisel. Maybe this week, Mitch, we should pick games and we win if they just get played. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> maybe maybe that's how we should go about this. <laughs> well, the majority of last week's serving tastes like air. Wake Forest and Duke got canceled. I think the nuts were San Jose State and Fresno State. That got canceled. That's correct. And then and, the cherry. Cincinnati. Oh, just, do we, can we talk about, did you see the end of that game, Rick? I heard about the end oh of that my game. God. And I feel horrible for anybody who followed <laughs> along hoping for the cherry. Because oh. that just isn't right. That just isn't right. The guy was walking in on first down. He was walking into the end zone and he fell down. <laughs> up three, and then the coach decided, no, you know what? That wasn't the right thing. We should have scored there, so let's try to score on the next three plays, and they, could, they couldn't get out of their own way to try to score over the next three plays. So everybody who had Cincinnati was a loser for the nuts, and anybody, I guess, who had the opponent. Who, they, who were they playing? I forgot who they were playing. Uh, uh, it was Central Florida. Central Florida, right. Yeah. Yes. So, Oh, well, that's the way it goes. Oh, well. And the news here in the Northwest – as we have no Apple Cup to look forward to this Thanksgiving week. That's a real that's a real bummer. That breaks my heart because that Apple Cup is too much fun. I mean, that is a big-time rivalry, and it uh, is met with such energy uh, on both sides. I, I enjoyed that game as much as any that I've ever been a part of, and I've been a part of some great ones, right? I was a part of uh, the Colorado-Nebraska game, which was fantastic. I was part of the uh, USC-UCLA rivalry in Los Angeles for the Victory Bell, which, you know, in, in my day, w- those are some really good teams. But that Apple Cup was something now. The, the way and, and recall, the four years I was there, the Cougars won 10 in three of the four. The Cougars were that good. So it was What a, was your uh, record? I was a four and zero in the game. Oh, you were the, the Huskies were four and zero in the game while I was the coach, but yeah. uh, but they were a really good team, save one year. Scott, my partner here, was telling the story in our last segment about him traveling to the 2002 Apple Cup, where I guess Washington State had ten wins or a lot of wins, yeah, and you guys they were, were playing they yeah. were playing to clinch the Rose Bowl, right? Somebody had lost earlier that day, which was going to give them a chance to rise to number two in the country. And uh, they were going to clinch the Apple Cup all in the same evening. And triple overtime victory for the Huskies. Kai Ellis ended up falling on a ball. He ends up knocking a ball down. They're going to try to throw one out to like a bubble screen. He tips it and he falls on it. And everybody thinks that it was a pass, so that he it was an incomplete pass. But uh, Gordon Reese, the the venerable old Pac-10 official at the time, said the ruling on the field was that it was a backward pass recovered by the Huskies. The game is over. And I never was so happy. (laughs) And Scott said he was never so scared. At a pl- apparently it got very unruly. Bottles were being thrown. It he, was riot. He thought it was riot he, he, time. he was he was worried for his well being trying to leave the stadium as a Husky fan. He was really well, worried. There, well, there were so many people that were wearing these shirts that said Rick is a which rhymes with Rick starting with a D. Yeah. So many that were wearing that <laughs> T-shirt out there that, you know, I thought I was amongst family. So I said, this was fun. <laughs> do you have one of those T-shirts, by the way, stowed oh, away? Yes, <laughs> I do. Yes, I do. My wife had one on, which I thought was appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Does that the Northwest Championship year? That was a Northwest Championship. That year, was right? the the uh, the cherry on top of the Northwest <laughs> Championship. That's right. I, I think, started with the Beavers, yeah. then we went and beat the Ducks, yeah. and 
and uh, unfortunately danced on their O, unbeknownst to me. And then uh, then we put got the cherry on top right there, right there with the victory over the uh, at the time number three Cougars. There's a part of me, Rick, that listens to you say that you had as much fun in that game as any other game. And there's a part of me that thinks that you're being nice because you know who the audience is. I have a hard time believing from your heyday, both as a coach and a player, that you had as much fun in the Washington-Washington State game as you had in that USC-UCLA game. Well, there were some great moments in the USC-UCLA game as well. I mean, that's I'm not taking anything away from that game, but I'm telling you now, okay. the magnitude of the games, because think about the games. First of all, the one you just brought up, that Northwest Championship, that was you know, to, to top the season off in the way that we did. We were down 10 points, four minutes to go, came back and tied it. Paul Arnold had a chance to win the game in regulation and couldn't quite make this catch in the end zone. Then John Anderson makes three field goals in the in each of the overtimes, or a field goal in each of them to win. I mean, it was just one of those remarkable deals. And I remember leaving the field with Cody Pickett and Reggie Williams, kind of my arm over each of their shoulders and going, how much fun is this? Huh. I mean, it was just, it was that kind of euphoria. Then I go back to the, the 52 to six drubbing we put on them my second year, which got us the Rose Bowl. Keith Gilbertson came on into the locker room. He says, you see Oregon State's beating Oregon, right? And I said, don't say a word. <laughs> but we went out there and Marcus and company put a trouncing on the Cougs. Uh, and you talk about fun when somebody in a beautiful red sport jacket walks in and gives you a bouquet of roses oh, and your kids going crazy. Oh, I mean, that that is as good as it gets. Oh, that that was that was off the charts. Good. So uh, we, we had a blast playing the Cougars and, and I love the Apple Cup and I'm going to miss it. Yeah. Hopefully we can find another uh, date where the yeah. two can play before the season's over. Boy, this has just been just that strange year. Rick Neuheisel is our guest on Mitch Unfiltered. Did you get a chance at all? It was a little earlier for you. I, I think it started at eight-year time on Fox. Uh, I don't think any of us were expecting Washington to handle handle Arizona. They were up like 30, 35 points before Arizona even put something on the scoreboard. Did you check out that game at all, Rick? I just saw a little of it, but of convincing win. Obviously, when you can run for 250 plus as the as the Huskies did and hold the opponent to under 100, that's usually the best recipe for victory. And it was on this night and it will continue to be for Jimmy Lake as he wears the t-shirt says just run the damn ball. <laughs> I mean, what the heck? That's that's where they uh, are going to butter their bread. And it's impressive when you can handle the line of scrimmage as they did this last weekend. People continue out here to doubt whether the Pac-12 really has a team that we should be feeling a strong passion for as a Final Four contender. I know Oregon won. The overall sense I get from people around here is, the quality of the play in this conference, maybe it's because it's so early and everybody else is in their eighth or seventh or eighth game and the Pac-12 is kind of in their first or second, that just it's just it's just a notch below. While it's not an unfair narrative at this point, I think it's wildly a problem because it's just not right. It's just not right. I know that you look at Oregon and they struggle against UCLA who got beat by Colorado. You're sitting there saying, well, that's not really a dominant team. When you look at USC and know how they won their first two games, you can sit there and say, well, that's not. But 
that that's what's beautiful about a college football season. You find ways to win games and then you gain confidence and then you gain in terms of your uh, fundamental approach to games and you all of a sudden become a really good team. The confidence in, in what it does to a team as it grows. And right now, because we're entering the college football playoff unveil, which will be on Tuesday night, the, the problem with that is now you're, you're discarding teams and you're going to place them at a place where that it's going to be almost impossible to get them to a place where they can be in the top four. And that's just not right in a season that has been one off as much as any season in history, any sort of sport. And that's why there should be more playoff teams, Mitch. But unfortunately, yeah, uh, I agree. no one's listening. I agree. I su- I totally agree. I think every I think all the fans agree. I just don't think that the powers. It hit me. It hit me the other day as I was watching College Game Day, which is a show that I love. And I know Kirk Herbstreit. He's a good guy. Uh, Reese Davis, I've met many times. I have no reason to say anything negative about Reese Davis or David Pollock or Desmond Howard. Any of the guys, right? They're all. They're, this is a heck of a show. It's like a. It's like a rock band that travels about, right, right? Right. But none of them, not one of them, when they're talking about the playoff, ever bring up the idea of extra teams. That just means it's a muted deal. That means they have been told not to. Yeah. And what's going on here, in my mind, if I'm guessing, is that ESPN, which spent boatloads of money on that particular they don't want it. entity, they don't college want it. football, yeah. they don't want to find a right. World Series with the Kansas City Royals and uh, the Miami Marlins. Yeah. They just don't want that. They want to make sure it's the Yankees and the Dodgers every year because that's how they get recoup their money. And that, to me, is a terrible mistake because college football is now slanted to the recruiting advantage of those teams that keep showing up. They've got more money than anybody else. They've got more cachet than anybody else. And everybody in the country wants to play in the playoffs. So where do you go? You go to Ohio State, you go to Clemson, you go to Alabama, and then you transfer out if you're not good enough. That's just wrong. And, and more teams should be included in this, and it would spread the wealth of the talent better, and it would be a better game for all. For everybody in our audience that's listening to this podcast before the Tuesday night selection, I know that there'll be a portion that listen after, uh, what will the top four be? What should the top four be? And, and I guess a C part of that question is, I expected Ohio State to run over Indiana. I was surprised... I didn't see the whole game, but I was surprised that Indiana was able to do offensively to the Ohio State defense what they did. I don't know what the final, 42-35, something like that. 42-35, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah, so uh, so there's three questions for you. What will it say? What should it say? And do, do you lose a little confidence, a little faith in the Ohio State defense over the weekend? It really I mean, Michael Penix was fabulous. He threw for more yards than anybody has ever thrown for against an Ohio State team, which was, you know, a, a tremendous accomplishment. And if you saw Tom Allen after the game, the head coach for Indiana, he was, you know, euphoric in his praise, as disappointed as he was in the loss and knowing that they didn't play their best, still euphoric in his love for the team, which was fun to watch, right? But uh, Ohio State showed some warts. In particular, their quarterback showed some warts. Uh, he threw three interceptions, which was the total of uh, interceptions that he had thrown in his previous 19 games in his career at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty neat defensive game plan that the Hoosiers had, and but they're not good enough to stay with those guys. And that's why I think Ohio State will be the third team in the rankings. Alabama will be one, Notre Dame will be two, and Clemson will be four. Now, what really matters here is who is five and six. 
because if Texas A&M is in the five or six hole, yeah, they have an opportunity to get there be, even without playing in a championship game. Oh. Wisconsin shot their gun. They, they, they're out. Yeah. Northwestern now takes their, their place, even though they'll come at it from a little bit further away. But they're going to get their chance at Ohio State. Florida will be at either five or six, and all is well because they get their chance at Alabama. Now, if Notre Dame ends up beating Clemson, which we all will agree is the potential in the ACC for the championship game, then Florida and Alabama could both get in. But remember, A&M beat Florida. So if A&M is ahead of Florida in the five hole and Florida is in six, then A&M sits in a catbird seat, which is really kind of amazing given the fact that they haven't played their last two games. Ah, I remember, you know how I remember the Texas, I'll never forget the Texas A&M beat Florida in 2020 because the crowd was just unfair. It was unruly. <laughs> they were there. <laughs> they were sitting next to one another, for gosh sakes. And uh, Dan Mullen then just said, we need 92,000 screaming crazy people in the swamp. The governor says it's okay. <laughs> uh, until the governor said there's no game the following week. Oh, oh my goodness gosh. gracious. How about this for a statistic for yeah, you, Mitch? yeah. Since the last time Trevor Lawrence played, now again, they, it was some controversy over why the Clemson-Florida State game was called this last weekend. Dabo Sweeney is out there on a rampage saying that Florida State just didn't want to play. Wasn't anything to do with COVID. Why? They had an out. They decided they didn't want to get their why? doors oh. blown off. You believe and, that? Uh, you believe that? They didn't. Yeah, I do believe that. Do you I, really? I think that's going on. Oh. I think that's going on out there. It, wow. It's hard to say, and and people certainly can put that. I'm doing it for the health, safety, and welfare, and it's it's not challengeable. Correct. I do believe that there are coaches out there saying, "I don't I need this play. game. Yeah, I don't need to play this game. And if I have a reason not to, I'm not going to." And I'll tell you, as a coach who had a game that I didn't want to play, I tried to get out of it. Which game? That Miami game when we uh, the 9/11 game, right? That we were to travel to Miami, and 9/11 happened, and that game was postponed. And all of a sudden, we had just played an Apple Cup. We'd won the game. We were a beaten up team, and we we're it was now Thanksgiving, and our t kids were used to going home for Thanksgiving. And I said to Barbara, I said, Barbara, we shouldn't play this game. We're eight and two. We don't need to go there, and and play the number one team in the country right now. We're beat up, and travel as far as it is there. Just tell them we'll play it later. We'll play it another year. And she just said, we're going to go play it. And I think we got beat 66 to seven or yeah, something like that. Yeah. I mean, it was horrible. You remember, I remember it, it was, it was horrible. And, and we were not in a position now, maybe I set the, the framework for that kind of performance by not wanting to be there, but a, guy, a coach knows, right. It's like a, a, a parent knows yeah. that this was not a spot for us. And there was ample reason not to play. There were other teams that didn't play that game that was supposed uh, that was moved for off of that date. And I thought it was the prudent so thing to do, but uh, we went and played and, and I understand the honor in playing and honoring a contract and all that. So I understand all this, but there are going to be more games that people are going to say, I don't, we're not going to play that game just because it's not putting our best foot forward. And if you put yourself in the coach's situation, this was my, my situation at all. I didn't feel any, you know, nervousness about my job security at that time. But if you put yourself where Will Muschamp was, 
if Will Muschamp doesn't play in some of those games, is he still the coach at South Carolina? So there's going to be some coaches that are sitting there. What are we doing? Why, why are we going to put ourselves out there so that they can throw another hatchet at me? Okay, suppose it, you and Dabo were right. Is it right for Dabo to say it? No. Should he just, just it. should he just swallow it and just let he it? He should have swallowed I mean, he, it. Especially, he's especially, the bully, right? He's the he's at the top of the Especially in the hill, role right? that he's in because he's got high ground. Dabo is is all but untouchable. He's he's on the high ground, and, and unfortunately, this year in COVID, he's had some missteps. Probably his first missteps as a head coach, whether it be you know taking the private jet down to uh, the house, you know when you we were just supposed to be, everybody's supposed to be in the stay at home. Or wearing uh, the T-shirt "Football Matters" when uh, the Black Lives Matter movement was so yeah, strong that's right, that's with right. George yeah. Floyd's yeah. Uh, death. I mean, there there were some there's some, been some issues where he's put himself out there on the wrong side of the media bent, and it wasn't necessary to do so. How do you think prideful Michigan Wolverine fans? Oh my. How do you think the class of 1955 and 1960 uh, Michigan Wolverine fans enjoyed their present what about day the class of 2016? Uh, okay. They beat Rutgers 78 to nothing. Okay, in 2016. Okay. okay, but you know what I'm saying. I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. I'm talking about the guys in the professional world, the guys that are 60 and 70 years old that are watching their present day head coach rave about his guy's performance in a three-overtime win against a team that's lost 25 of its last 26 Big Ten games. They must be saying, boy, how, how times have changed for the, uh, the Big Blue of Michigan. You have heard this statement many times that coaches speak to their teams through the media. And that's what Jim was doing. He wasn't talking to the ghosts of 50. I know that. The, right. He was talking to his team and trying to bolster them, trying to get them ready for the next few weeks and see if they can right the ship. Did you think the uh, other guys weren't going to hear? Oh, <laughs> he, 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 he hoped that maybe they turned off the television when it went to overtime is that, you know, they could gave up a touchdown on fourth and nine. Yeah. Listen, this is not your, uh, your mom and pops, Michigan team. They're, they're struggling, but I do give them credit for not yielding when it would have been easy to yield. Uh, they found a way to win the game and for that they should be given credit. You and I love to talk. Rick Neuheisel and I love to talk each week about some trick plays and some lateral plays. I'm hoping I'm sitting here forgetting, knowing that I forgot to ask you before we started this interview to make sure that you saw it. I'm hoping that you saw the highlight of the fake punt for the Illinois Illini. Against, I didn't see oh, it. Tell me about geez. it. I don't know <laughs> that I can do it justice. Promise me I, that if I send you the clip, you'll watch it before next week's show and you'll comment on it. The, I the, promise they, I will. They, they, they ran a, a fake punt. I don't know what the hell was going on. They ran a <laughs> fake punt and the punter had all kinds of daylight. I mean, literally 40, 50 yards. And he got the first down. They ran a fake punt. But he was so... You've heard that we've all heard the expression "you get cold feet." This may be <laughs> this may be the dictionary should I, definition. Should I? Oh, should I? He's, should he's, I? He gets it. I? Yes, he stops. He hesitates. <laughs> he stops for a sandwich at the line of scrimmage, and literally, <laughs> literally, Rick, there's nobody within a mile of him, and, 
and he doesn't seem to know whether he should do this or not. And then he goes about five or seven or eight yards, gets the first down. He's got another 15 or 20, no, no one even close, and he's slowing down, and he doesn't know what to – it's like a fish out of – it is the most <laughs> It is the most entertaining performance of a fake punt that I've ever I seen. Will, I will guarantee you I will get that done this week. I will, I will, I will send you the play. clip. I'll send you the clip it, on a, on a tip. Let me say this. As yeah. a coach, yeah. whenever you – are asking somebody to do something out of the ordinary. Yeah. Whether it's a fake, whether the holder is going to pick up on a fake field goal and throw a pass. Right. You have to look in their eyes before actually letting this happen. And their eyes will tell you, <laughs> I can't wait for this play or please don't call this. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever looked into the eyes of a golf partner before a putt before a big oh, six foot? <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Has Jay, have I mean, you ever looked literally. into John Benz's eyes before? A <laughs> you just, I mean, the eyes, the eyes reveal all. And uh, anybody that's being asked to do something just a little bit out of the ordinary, yeah. just a little bit out of their comfort zone, they either are going to rise to the occasion and can't wait, or yeah. they are going to say, please not now <laughs> okay let's finish off this uh, segment of mitch unfiltered with rick neuheisel presented by taco time and the taco time northwest app with a little dessert let's hope that either the you know what there's look if you gave me the choice of the dessert being canceled or losing mm-hmm. or a tasting not very good losing you prefer the, the cancel of right course. so what am i yeah. complaining i'm not complaining here so we yeah. uh, we we look i don't even know what they call this weekend number 10 11 12, 12. okay 12. weekend number 12 do you have any ice cream any nuts any cherries any whipped cream do you have anything for us the best team in the country, and I told you they'll be revealed as number one, no surprise, is Alabama. Right. And it's an Iron Bowl this week. And they're playing Auburn. I haven't even seen what the spread is. I'll get the, the number the for you. Is. I'll get the number for but, you. But I'm going to tell you, I don't care what the number is. Oh! I'm going to tell you that Alabama will take care of business and cover whatever number it is. 17. 17. Mac Jones is, is staying consistent. Devontae Smith is a, is a superstar wide receiver, maybe the best of the quartet of guys that were there a year ago. And Najee Harris, the running back, and the offensive line is, you know, without peer in college football as we speak. But what's happening is the defense is starting to rally. And I still worry about Bo Nix in the long term becoming – you know, that full scale star quarterback. I mean, he's had some good games and they're on a little bit of a winning streak, but in the midst of the chaos that will be uh, Bryant Denny stadium in Tuscaloosa chaos tempered because of COVID obviously, but I'm going to take Alabama, especially given the fact that Alabama suffered a loss at the hands of this Auburn team a year ago. And Nick Saban was made to feel embarrassed by a little trickeration by Gus Malzahn at game's end last year. Remember he put the punter yes. in the game yes. and put yes. the punter as a wide receiver. Yes. So all of a sudden it, the quarterback yeah. lined up and yeah. they tried to get their DB back in the game. Now there's 12 in the field and the officials called it five yards, first down game over. Oh, I'm telling you, Alabama. And then some minus 17. Is that all I get? Do I get nuts or do I get a cherry or am we, we staying oh. with just that game? Are we going to put the, no, whole, no, no, let's, thing. let's, let's, yeah. uh, let's continue. Okay. Let's continue along our way. Okay. Let's stay in that particular conference. Okay. Let's look at, um, 
A&M. Who does A&M have? LSU against Texas A&M. What is that number? Texas A&M is a 13 and a half point favorite. 13 and a half at Texas A&M. Kellen Mond and company will cover that. They will cover that. And uh, I think this is their chance to prove, Jimbo Fisher's chance to prove that this is a legitimate playoff team. And still to this day, Bo Pelini hasn't been able to figure out how to get DBs to talk to one another. Somehow, somewhere in the bayou, there's not much in the way of communication as to who's got whom when a pass route uh, develops and there's receivers crossing. So I'm going to take A&M as the cherry and Alabama as the full-fledged dessert. Okay. You're laying lots of points. You're laying 27 total points in the SEC. My 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 year, as I sit there and try to pick games, yeah. my year has come to a place now where I realize just go with the very Better best team. team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go with because because so much you don't know who's going to be available. You get two offensive line people out, and you have no idea that they were going to be out. And you still think Clemson will beat Alabama if they play tomorrow? Clemson? No. No? No, I don't. I I think Clemson's got some uh, warts. Clemson right now is averaging about 150 yards a game, uh, 150 yards a game rushing. That's, that's way off of their five previous playoff teams. Now, I think they're going to get there. I don't think there's anybody on the schedule with Florida State, Syracuse, and uh, not Florida State, Virginia Tech, and one other. Yeah. Those, I I don't think there's anybody in that company that can stop them. But but 150 yards a game rushing, 34 yards against Notre Dame, that's that's a problem. And as good as Trevor Lawrence, ETN, and this new kid, Cornell Powell, are, I don't. I don't see enough in their offensive line to get to the finish line. Rick Neuheisel, CBS college football analyst and my friend, thank you so much for all that you've done for the uh, for the podcast. I wish you and your family a great Thanksgiving and look forward to our visit a week from now when we're discussing an Alabama victory and a Texas A&M victory by large margins and a sweet taste and dessert on Thanksgiving Day. Thanks so very much. It's just what we need is more <laughs> dessert over this weekend. Hey, listen, have a great Thanksgiving, Mitch, to thank you, you and all the folks who listen to the podcast uh i know it's been a challenging year but uh still much to be thankful for thank you rick all right pal cbs college football analyst rick neuheisel presented by taco time and the taco time northwest app damn how about the dogs on saturday night i don't know what to think either arizona is just awful or washington is better than i or anyone else expected Hey, back with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline, the president of Zeke's Pizza, Dan Black. And Dan, geez, more bad COVID restriction news recently for all of us, especially those of you in the in the restaurant business. What's the deal for our favorite place for Northwest style pizza? Yeah, similar to what we talked about when the pandemic first hit, it's devastating for the restaurant industry. Uh, Zeke's, we feel fortunate in that we have always had a really strong takeout and delivery business. And so we've been able to capitalize on that and consolidate around that. And then we also have the added thing where the pandemic has really raised awareness in terms of beer delivery and alcohol delivery. And Zeke's is a leader in that category. And so uh, we've been able to ride that leadership position and and actually grow a really strong business uh, around takeout delivery that's even stronger now than it was before. You know, those of us that are pizza 
shoppers and have pizza delivered to our door, uh, we might take the whole process a little bit for granted. That phone call, the execution. But you guys at Zeke's take great pride. It is very, very important that you do this in an efficient manner. Yeah, there's no question. The delivery business is unique. Of course, we take great pride and care in the pizza and the beer part. With delivery, you have the added technology component. You know, people expect us to be on the level with like Uber and Amazon. And for a company our size, that's always a challenge. Uh, but then in the COVID era, when the pandemic hit, of course, the way you delivered and all the safety precautions that you take totally changed. And when it first hit, we learned all that on the fly. The cool thing about the current situation is our COVID safety game has never been stronger. And so we're just keep going in stride right now, even with the new restrictions, because uh, our delivery is extremely safe from a COVID standpoint. And that's one thing that's different about the second time around. And what's the black family ordering these days? Yeah, that's a no-brainer. We've been ordering nothing but cans of Hop Tropic with our pizza. And Hop Tropic is our famous and really popular house beer, and it's always been extremely popular. It's a Northwest-style IPA, and having it be in cans is a big milestone for Zeke's and Rubens. And the, the cool thing about it is not only can you order it from Zeke's now, is it's got distribution around the Puget Sound, so you can get it at QFC and PCC and Chuck's Hop Shop and any place that there's really good beer around, you can find it now, which is pretty awesome. Nice. So online, on the phone, on the app, three ways to have pizza and beer delivered to your door in minutes. Dan Black, the president of Zeke's Pizza, homegrown in the Northwest. Unfiltered. Wilson is going to scramble, now throw, end zone, touchdown, Metcalf. Mark him at the 11, Wilson sets up. Zone and caught by Lockett for the touchdown. And they string him out to the boundary. Third down and goal. A lot of pressure wide open for the touchdown. Chase Edmonds. The flag in the end zone. This yeah, might be a this, safety. If this is a hold in the end zone, it's a safety. The pass is caught by Hopkins. Holding offense number 64. This penalty occurred in the end zone. The result is a safety. Here's Murray set! And this ball game's gonna end. Episode 118. Episode 118. We bring together the guys. I, I don't know how I did this. Technologically, I have no idea how he did this because Brady Henderson has traveled. We're looking at him on Zoom, Joe. Look at how refreshed he sun-kissed. I mean, the guy looks like a million bucks on this weekend that the Seahawks didn't play. And, of course, we've got Joe Fan of NBC Sports Northwest. Let's just start, since we had a Thursday night game last week against the Cardinals, a win to get the Seahawks to 7-3. and three. Where are you guys? How you feeling about the Seattle Seahawks? Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. Let's start with you. This is a reminder of how quickly fortunes can change in the NFL because last week it was doom and gloom. It was the Seahawks having lost three of four. Their defense is terrible. Russell Wilson is in the worst turnover funk of his career. They're staring at their first three-game losing streak since 2011, the year before Wilson was drafted. And now they go up out and put together their most impressive win of the season. They have this mini-buy. They're getting healthy. The next four opponents on their schedule are, I believe, a combined 9, 30, and 1. So 
it's just crazy how how much better, how much more optimistic their outlook is uh, than it was a week ago, or even less than a week ago. Yeah, I agree with Brady. I think you maybe knew that would be the case. The pendulum was going to swing aggressively either way, depending on how that Cardinals game shook out, because it was, for all intents and purposes, at least in terms of winning the division, a pretty much must-win game, at least as much as you can have one in Week 11, right? Because if you lose that game, all of a sudden you're a game back of the Cardinals. You have to pick up two games against them over the course of the final six games of the season, right? So even if you go 6-0, and you know they have to go 4-2, and right? If you drop one, all of a sudden you're hoping Arizona goes 3-3. Three and three. So that was always going to be a long shot and a major uphill climb. So the fact they got that win uh, was gigantic. They control their own destiny in the division again. They got some help from the Colts, who got an overtime win uh, against the Packers. Uh, and, and like you said, Brady, I mean, it's certainly there's reason for optimism. When you look over the course of their next month, it's the softest uh, the softest stretch of their schedule. And if you looked at any, any part of that Philly game against Cleveland, you know, 22-17, an ugly final. Philly loses that game on the road to the Browns. You know, you're looking, we're going to talk about the defense a lot in this podcast, I'm sure, but um, if, if we're talking about whether or not that performance can be replicated from Seattle, this is a perfect opportunity because you're, you're, you're playing one of the worst offenses in football, and so it should be a recipe for building on it. Well, you beat me to the punch, Joe. That was my next question for you guys. Joe Fan, NBC Sports Northwest, Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com, the Seahawks no table as we like to call it. Normally it's a patron show, but on this week we're going to open it up and put it on the regular show. I guess we can start with you, Brady. That that game on Thursday night was headlined by an improvement an improvement from the defense. They held the the uh, the high flying Cardinals, who were about the hottest offensive team in the league coming in. The numbers were crazy at halftime. It was like seven points and 107 yards or something like that. Now the Cardinals got going a little bit in the third, but then the Seahawks defense clamped down when they needed to in the fourth. Are we buying this? I, I remember asking you the same question after the 49ers game. I wasn't buying it after the 49ers game because I didn't respect the 49ers tools as much as Joe did. But I, I want to know about this. I mean, I respect what the Cardinals do, and they were not able to get going on that. So is this the new Seahawks defense or is this a, a one week aberration? No, I, I don't think it's. I don't think you can look at one game and say that this Seahawks defense is going to be gangbusters for the rest of the season. But in my mind, the anomaly was how bad that they played over the first nine games. We, look, we knew this defense was going to struggle. We did. Nobody knew that it was going to struggle this bad. So I think what you saw Thursday night is them. I don't, I don't know. Maybe regressing back to the mean, so to speak, or playing closer to what you thought that they were going to play like this season and. Look, we can argue about whether or not it was real or not or how good that defense can be. But again, look at the next four teams on their schedule. Look at the quarterbacks that they have to face. So even if it is not all of a sudden this great defense, I think the opponents on their schedule are just going to help them out by virtue of the fact that they're not playing uh, very good quarterbacks. And what I was most impressed by, I think, in that game was Look, over the past three weeks, ever since that 49ers game, they have been the NFL's most blitz-heavy defense, and certainly that was out of necessity. You saw them change that up a little bit. They were a little bit closer to what they were 
for the most part this season, which is a team that blitzes about 30% of the time, uh, and they were about 50% of the time. So they adjusted, but they still were able to get pressure on Murray. And when they didn't get him down on those three sacks, they did a much better job than that first game of corralling him, knowing how much he can beat them with his legs. Uh, I think you know players talked about how disciplined they were in their pass rush lanes when they didn't get to him. And as a result, he only had 15 yards rushing a season low for him. So he did not take the game over with his arm. He did not take the game over with his leg. Certainly helped that he was playing with an injured shoulder. But that was easily the most impressive defensive performance of the season. Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with Brady on all of that. So I don't want to get too long-winded in adding on to it. But I think it just it goes to show you how good you can be by just simply having 11 guys doing their job. And that was very evidently not happening over the first long stretch of the season, right? Half the season plus. And so, yes, when you can not only get to Kyler Murray, you you hit him seven times, you sack him three times, but also contain him as a runner. um, I mean, that shows that guys are, you know, again, doing their jobs. There's no freelancing. Um, There's a, a very finite attention to detail. And I think that's what you saw, right? I mean, 15 yards rushing for Kyler Murray, after he had you know a month-long stretch of at least 60 yards plus uh, in each of those games, um, it's really a good sign. Uh, and so, yes, I do think this is finally a, a reason for optimism. Whether that means they've turned the corner and this is who they're going to be from here on out, uh, it's too soon to say that. But at least there's something tangible now that they can build on. Everybody's talking about this accountability meeting. I need to know more about this because I need to get you guys together and we need to have an accountability meeting <laughs> so that we can improve the level of the note table. Uh, the note table has been vastly underachieving for weeks and weeks, partly because Joe fans' picks have been dragging us down. But we'll get there in a minute. Joe, what is this accountability meeting that Ken Norton, the, uh, all of a sudden, and why didn't they have this to start the season i know you stole my joke i was gonna say my name's joe fan and i can't hit the green <laughs> to save my life uh but you stole my thunder there it's still true what uh, happened what's the story i know what's the story i know um yeah it's interesting so Pete was talking about that on uh, on monday and essentially kind of explained without going into too grave of detail of basically everybody on the defense side of the football was in this meeting and they kind of went one by one of what is your job? What is your role? And in, in not just in generalities, but also like specifically in these coverages and these plays and these different things, what is on you? What's your responsibility? And I think it just made it very clear, very black and white. These are the things that we need from every single person. And then when we are seeing other things, right, it's very obvious. We talked about this. We know that this isn't what we should be doing, what you individually should be doing, what we shouldn't be doing as a group, right? So I do think it, it made things black and white to where maybe there was some gray area before and guys you know, maybe weren't sure about their role or, you know, thought they might have more freedom within that role than they actually do. And so, um, you know, who knows if they got to call out Ken Norton and his lousy play calls at some point. Maybe it was just all about the players. I, I don't know the, the intimate details of it, but um, it sounds like it was interesting. And maybe. whether or not that's a, a direct correlation and that's you point to that and say, of course, that's why the defense got better. Maybe not. I don't know. But it certainly didn't hurt. You think, Joe, was Brady in that meeting? I think Brady was invited into that meeting. Brady, were you in that room? I was not in that meeting, no, but I heard everything Pete Carroll said about it. And somebody asked him a question, the same question that you asked, jokingly, uh, but they were serious when they asked it, is couldn't you have had this meeting or or why couldn't this (laughs) meeting have occurred 
in September? And Pete Carroll's answer was because at that point, players had not been together enough. They had not practiced enough. They didn't know each other well enough. And, and really, the implication there was they didn't know what they were doing enough. And, you know, I, I was hearing Carroll talk about that. And my thought was, look, the issues that he was describing, the challenges that he was describing – those weren't unique to the Seahawks, right? Because every single team in the NFL had to break in new players this offseason. And every team in the NFL has had to adjust on the fly to injuries, right? This, I mean, the Seahawks have had injuries, but so has everybody else. So those weren't unique challenges to him, uh, to the Seahawks. But look, a lack of continuity and, and this, the, what he was describing, that's as good of an explanation, I think, as to why the Seahawks defense has struggled as badly as it has. Because... As we've talked about, as I'm sure as everybody else has seen, there's been more talent on that defense than as badly as it played. So it's it's been tough to reconcile why they have played as badly as they had and what Carroll was describing. That may have been as good of an explanation as we're going to get. Brady, Posick, Shaq, and Carson. Yay or yes. nay? Yay, yay, yay on Monday. We're going all three? Well, that's yay, 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 according to Pete Carroll. And as we've seen over the last few weeks, and as I've said this before, you just have to qualify it uh, because he, he, does, he, he tends to look at these things optimistically and he doesn't always get them right. But that was the word from Pete Carroll is that all three of those guys are going to be back for the Monday night game. With Carson, he did qualify that by saying, barring any setbacks, but that is the hope that he's going to be back. And Joe, you're in agreement. We, we've all seen, for as great as the offense is, for as great as Russell Wilson is, for as great as the wide receivers are, we've seen how this offense can stumble without a quality run game. We see what that run game means. When Carlos Hyde came back the other night on Thursday night against the Cardinals, they, they brought back something that they have been sorely missing. And when Carson comes back, presumably against the Eagles, it should really help the entire offense, Joe. Yeah, it should. Uh, here's my thing. To me... It was less about balance and just missing the presence um, because running for the sake of running is is different depending on who's back there, right? Like there's a difference between saying you're missing your top running back and you're missing one of the top running backs in football. And that's what Chris Carson is, right? And to a much lesser extent, Carlos Hyde, but at least you have to be aware of those guys who are on the field to where nobody's game planning for Alex Collins. No one's game planning for Travis Homer or DJ Dallas, right? And so it wasn't even that I think that their running attempts, just sheer attempts, were way down. There was just no need to worry about anybody. And so you can sell out completely against the pass game, right? You can bracket DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You can throw different blitzes and pressures uh, at Russell Wilson. And to where your whole game plan and focus is to try and make his life difficult. And the Rams did that very, very well. Um, you know, I think you never want to overreact too much to one bad game. And they had a really bad game against the Rams. But I think the Bills game is easily explainable on a number of fronts. The Rams game was bad. But you know what? They got smoked 28-12 to 12 last year in Los Angeles. So I didn't look at that game. It was like, oh, my gosh. Time to change course. This this thing's broken, right? It's the number one scoring you know team in football. So I don't think it was like this. They've just lost their way. No, they're a pass-first team because their best player is their quarterback. But, yes, 
I 100% agree that having Carlos Hyde and having Chris Carson in the backfield is immensely important for this team. One second, you want to get you want to get in here on that, Brady, real quickly? Yeah, I, it just I, the Pete Carroll has made it pretty clear with his comments uh, after that game that they're going to run the ball more than they have earlier in the season. And I'll paraphrase, uh, you know, part of a quote that he he was talking about, you know, how early in the season everybody was talking about, oh, this isn't the style of play that the Seahawks are used to playing, throwing the ball all over the place, not running it as much and Carroll said and I'll quote him here he said I wasn't worried about that because I knew we could run the football we just didn't have to kind of early on but now we do and you can see it as the defenses are catching up and they're slowing things down and not as many points are being scored you've got to balance out and have everything available Chris brings us that so that was a pretty clear indication to me at least that they're going to start running the ball a lot more than they did earlier in the season and certainly more than they did when they had the backups you know third stringers and fourth stringers in there while Hyatt and and uh, Carson were out. We're cutting this note table into two sections. So before we get to the second section, let's talk about Shaq's presence and what happens to the corners, Brady. So Shaq comes back, presumably on Monday night against the Eagles. And now you've got to decide, let's say Quinton Dunbar's not in the mix. You've got to decide, is Trey Flowers play the outside? Uh, does Reed move inside? Does Amadi move out? Of the lineup, does Amadi stay inside? Do they like Reed enough to replace Flowers on the outside with Reed? Or is Reed too small? They want a more a taller physical guy. What do you suspect will be and what should be the cornerback rotation if all the guys that I just mentioned are healthy and available to Ken Norton against the Eagles? Yeah, I think you said the key word there, rotation. And they've been doing that more this season, putting players in at positions where you typically don't see them rotate, right? You saw Flowers and Quentin Dunbar rotate early in the season. So I think at least on Monday night and maybe even beyond while Dunbar is out, I think you're going to see both DJ Reed and Trey Flowers play on the outside. I don't think you're going to see Amadi move outside. That's just not something that he's done or not something that I've seen him do at least. I think they keep him at nickelback. I think they mix DJ Reed in on the outside. Now, he's 5'9", right? That's not the typical height that they prefer in their outside cornerbacks but I think he's played well enough there to at least merit you know some looks there and I also think Trey Flowers has played uh, better than the Trey Flowers that I think most people remember you know last year and, and at times during his rookie season getting beat so I think both those guys deserve a shot to play on the outside while uh, Quentin Dunbar is on IR and there's such two different body styles that I think they could Seahawks could look at that and say well Depending on the matchup, we'll have the bigger guy out there or the smaller guy out there. Joe, how excited are you for Carlos Dunlap if you're a Seahawks fan? He came up with the play of the night, the clinching play of the night on Thursday. What I loved about that was it, a th- it was a three-man rush. It wasn't a blitz where he was the guy that got home. They just rushed three. They dropped eight into coverage, and Carlos Dunlap ended the game for all intents and purposes. Ha- have to like his contribution since coming over from Cincinnati. And, and the second part to that, Joe, is – have they seen anything from Snacks? Any reason to, to think that Snacks is adding something in the interior of that defensive line? Yeah, to start on Dunlap, I think it's it's just it makes it more obvious than we all already knew that they were desperate for a guy like that, right? They needed a closer. They needed somebody who say, hey, we need you to make a play. And they didn't have that guy, right? Benson Mayo just isn't that dude. Um, and I'm really curious to see what happens at his playing time, especially if Daryl Taylor is to get, you know, able to get back in the mix. But with, but with Carlos Dunlap, there's, there, I don't think it's 
by coincidence that the, the team has 13 sacks in his three games. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jaron Reed and LJ Collier have seen an uptick in production from a pass rush standpoint. Same thing with Puna Ford. When you have a dude... And he is maybe not the best in the league, right? But he is far closer to that echelon of player than anyone that they have on the roster uh, or previously. So, yes, I, I think top to bottom, he is just he's exactly what they needed at a position of need. Uh, and he has shown that he can come up with, you know, clutch plays. And, yeah, that was that was monstrous. You know, if you give him a one-on-one matchup and that's what he got, you know, go take care of business and, and help your team win a game. Uh, as for Snacks, I think it's probably unfair to judge him off of maybe just two games, but I don't think you've seen anything to where you would say that he's better than Brian Monet and would deserve reps over Brian Monet when, when Monet gets back healthy. So I'm interested to see what happens there. I don't think it's a slam dunk that he gets activated the active roster for the rest of the season. Yeah, and with Dunlap, Joe said it, and I think it's a great point. He's just a different he's a different caliber of pass rusher than what they have had this season before they acquired him in a trade. And I'm going to use a, borrow a phrase from Mitch. I believe this is this is one of your go tos. Okay, think of think of two of the sacks that Dunlap made. Think of that first one against the Bills when he drove the tackle into the quarterback and sacked the guy with one hand. And think of the one that he made to close out that game Thursday night, right, where he beat a three man rush. Close your eyes and try to picture anybody else on the Seahawks defense doing that. Any any of their other pass rushers doing that. Or maybe any of their other defensive ends. It's hard for me to close my eyes and imagine that. And I think that's just an illustration of he is he is a different caliber of guy that, that what they had before. All righty, the Seahawks note table continues in a moment. But first, Jordan Flowers of the Kirkland office at Guild Mortgage is back with us on Mitch Unfiltered, a great partner. And still, Jordan, an incredible time to look at purchasing, look at refinancing, because the numbers remain so low, and it looks like they're going to remain low for a long time. Yeah, it's great to be back on, Mitch. Thanks for having me back. Rates are incredibly low still for purchases and refis. They're still in the high twos right now with everything going on, and they're going to be staying low for uh, the foreseeable future. So what's the rule of thumb? You've got a listener here listening to Jordan Flowers, hearing Jordan Flowers from time to time on the podcast and wondering if it's best to pick up the phone and call him or some other mortgage person, what numbers do they need to see on their 30-year fix that would encourage them to at least consider a refinance? Yeah, I'd say still looking at 3.253375 or above is uh, at least warrants a phone call, depending on how long you've been in that mortgage. Maybe we can cut off five to seven years or just lower the interest rate with the same payoff term or look at other options as far as a new 30-year fix or pulling cash out to do some uh, home renovations or take care of some things you've been thinking about needing to do. So anything that's about three and a quarter, three, three, seven, five or higher. I think the common misconception uh, in the business is, oh, I've got to start all over. The clock goes back to zero and 30 years starts all over. That's not necessarily the case. There are a million ways to do this, including a common one, which keeps you right where you are in your mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a common thought. And a lot of companies do just have kind of your standard 20 or 30 or 15 year options. Uh, We do kind of customize that 30 year option where we can set it to any term of months, however far into your payment you are, we can set it at 21 and a half months, 22 months, 27 months, or 27 years, whatever they're needing, we can look at. So I want to go about the business of checking into this. How long is the phone call with you and what kind of information do I need to have ready that you're going to ask me about? 
Yeah, if you call in, it's probably five to seven minutes. If you've got your mortgage statement, most recent statement available that has all the information on it for us to run some quick numbers and see if it makes sense to move forward and get a little more detailed than application in. And the phone number I call? Cell phone's 425-890-2957. Office line is 425-250-3145. An opportunity for a lot of us to save a lot of money Every single month with a five to seven minute phone call, he has compiled a great team. Jordan Flowers has. It's the Kirkland office of Gil Mortgage. Unfiltered. We took a big step forward here in, in, in the last two weeks on defense. I know it might not look like it last week, but uh, and take it all the way back to the 49er game, too. We're... we're this game right now put us in a position where we can really move forward defensively. And, and uh, the guys, we can keep the guys in the same positions and keep, keep uh, getting a little healthier. Um, this is a chance for us to really keep rolling. Our football is better shaped when we're, when we're balanced and we're attacking and we can play off of that. It fits the defense, it fits special teams. It's, it's the statement of our, you know, the way we play. And, and uh, you got to balance out and have everything available. Continuing on, this is segment number two of what we like to call the Seahawks No Table. We don't have a round table. No Table. Joe Fan, NBC Sports Northwest. And, of course, Brady Henderson, ESPN, ESPN.com. It's all brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app, reminding you to order ahead on the app. And don't forget, Carlos Hyde did run it in last Thursday. That means this Tuesday we all get a buy one, get one free taco from all Taco Time Northwest locations. Okay, back to the boys. Brady, we're hearing rumblings that Penny and Taylor, Penny and Taylor could be on the way back from long rehabs and could join the team at some point for the stretch run. You buying it? And what are we going to get from those guys? I'm buying that they're at the very least going to return to practice. And Pete Carroll said that Daryl Taylor, that they were shooting for him starting to practice the week of the Eagles game. So this week, he said Penny may need another week, but I don't think you can really take anything for granted. So I'm not going to say when, uh, you know, I'm not going to guarantee when those guys are going to be out there, but that's the plan is that they are on the verge of returning to practice. Typically what you see the Seahawks do, and this is probably other teams do this too, but with guys coming off of either the PUP or the NFI, so in other words, coming off of very long uh, times from when they last played, it, they usually don't play them until at the very least, at the very earliest, their second week of practice, and in a lot of cases, it's their third week. So don't expect to see Daryl Taylor out on the field for that Monday night game, even if he returns to practice this week. It's going to take at least two and probably three weeks. Uh, Joe, I think it was Pete Carroll on Seven Ten Radio said, "Wait till you see Daryl and what he can add to us." Is that just Pete Carroll being Pete Carroll, or are you buying it? that Daryl Taylor's going to walk in and he's going to become one of the best pass rushers on the football team. Well, I think, it, again, I think it's a low bar to start. But, yeah, they, they've got to sell this guy, you know? Like, they traded up to take him in the second round, right? So, um, I think it's interesting to kind of put that out there when he's not even practicing yet, right? Because you're just only adding to the hype that um, already exists with this guy because of, you know, he was your coveted pass rusher in this draft. Um, but certainly I'm excited to see what it looks like because I do think there's far more of a pathway to snaps for Daryl Taylor 
than there are for Rashad Penny. And I've always kind of been of the thought that it's kind of a redshirt year for Penny because you want to be safe with him because he could be your guy in 2021. So no need to rush him back would given your depth at running back elsewhere. But they could still use another pass rusher, no doubt. And like I said before, um, and I don't mean to be hard on the guy, but Benson Mayoa's 18 reps that he had against Arizona – I would assume are up for grabs and he's on a one-year deal and will be most likely gone in 2021. Daryl Taylor is the future of this defensive line. At least they're hoping so again, given the investment in him. So they're going to want to get him on the field, right? If he looks how Pete Carroll says he looks on the radio, right? That's not what Benson Mayowa looks like. So why wouldn't he play? So yeah, I'm really interested to see if he's able to get on the field and make an impact. Brady, uh, once Penny gets on the field, how does the carry shake out when Carson, Penny, and Hyde are all healthy at the same time? And God knows that'll probably never happen, so why am I even asking the question? But go ahead, let's try it. Carlos Hyde, uh, Chris Carson, and Penny are all healthy. How does that work out, and who plays special teams? I was really hoping you wouldn't ask this question because I did not want to have to hem and haw and come up with an answer in which I say I don't say, know, say but I also try know. to sound like say I, don't I don't know. know. I don't know. I mean, what I do know is Carson is still going to be the lead guy because he's their starting running back, and Hyde's going to be the second guy. Hyde and Penny are two different style of running backs. Hyde is more in the Carson mold, whereas Penny is – he's a bigger running back, but he's more of a speed guy, shifty guy. So I think Hyde is still going to be the early down complement to Carson and the the bruising style, you know what I mean? But – Penny is going to be give them something different. And I think Penny would probably cut into DJ Dallas and Travis Homer snap. So when Penny's back, you're probably not going to see those guys much. Joe, Joe fan, NBC Sports Northwest. If I made you go to a Vegas book tomorrow and wager your salary, a year's salary on the following bet, even money, no odds, the Seahawks are going to win the next four or the Seahawks are not going to win the next four. You put all of your money on which side? I would put it on the side of them going 4-0. And there are going to be probably multiple games during that stretch where I'm worried about not eating for a year. (laughs) (laughs) And being out on the street in the cold and Becky kicks me out of the house. And I'm in trouble. I'm knocking on your door with you know, a cup in my hand saying, yeah. you know, I need some help, Mitch Unfiltered. Why did you uh, put me up to this bet, Mitch? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just, there's just, they have no business losing any of these games. And I think the Giants have played every team that they play close for the most, or they've played close for the most part. So that game will be closer than it needs to be. Washington has been sneaky competitive and their defense is, is probably better than advertised. And But these are absolutely four games that this team should win. Brady, I probably bet four and zero, and then I start selling a bunch of stuff to add to my <laughs> savings account because of the very real possibility that they lose one of those games. Uh, I've said this before; I just don't think you can take a ton for granted with this team. But I, if I had to guess, if I had to bet one or the other, I would bet that they win these four games. Again, the number stands out: nine. 30 and one is the combined record of those four teams. Okay. They're going to be down 13 points in the fourth quarter on Monday night. And Brady and I are going to be sitting there with bated breath, just wondering uh, how this is going to turn out. And Russell Wilson will figure it out and find a way to win, but uh, putting, it won't come all easy. It's putting sure. our new golf clubs up for sale. Yeah. on Craigslist. That, <laughs> did the, the first How thing. did the new golf clubs do this past weekend, Brady? 
They're fine. I just can't figure out the distances because the distances are a lot different than my old club. So, uh, Before we finish out the, uh, the show, guys, with a, a hearty conversation of who should get to the, the closest to the pin between Brady and me on the, uh, on the Rams game, Joe's out of it. He hit it in the water. Uh, but he wants a skin. He wants it pushed over. He wants to be back in it. We'll get, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. Uh, and we don't have any predictions for this week because we'll do that on the next note table for the Monday game uh, against the Eagles. Joe, do you have any overreactions? You got any? You always got good stuff in that mailbag, that Twitter mailbag. It just—it seems like everybody wants to talk to Joe Fan on Twitter. So no, I just ask for the conversation. I force people to talk to me. Is really no, you what don't. It is. No, you don't. I had a funny, a couple of funny ones. Um, one was and this a little bit different because the the game already has passed. But uh, a guy said in. He obviously, in his feels, as we talked about after the Rams game, a lot of people were uh, down in the dumps uh, and, and over on this team or out on this team. And he said, better days are not ahead. And I just kind of laughed to myself, knowing that the, the month ahead, the month-long stretch against the, you know, the Eagles and the Jets and Giants and all that, it's like better days better be ahead. Otherwise, it's going to be some really, really dark days in Seattle because that would mean not only not going to win the division but losing to teams that have – no Terrible business records. Right, uh, right, right. beating you. Uh, another one was Russell Wilson for another year or is going to go another year without a single MVP vote. What's your answer on that, Joe? He certainly lost a lot of ground. There's other guys that are having I mean, Patrick Mahomes and and now now everybody's on Ben Roethlisberger's bandwagon because they're 10-0 and and he's playing well. Where, where do you think he fits in at this point? He's an underdog again. But I think if you can win the NFC West, you've got a shot. And he's got four games coming up where the numbers should be immense, right? He's got to get back. He's got to have some games with video game numbers again. It's not, Now winning isn't good enough because he's got to get back to that pace. And he might not be able to do it because they're going to try to be more balanced and run the football more. Um, so I think it's possible uh, to at least get a vote. But, man, I think he's a, a total long shot to win unless, unless Patrick Mahomes stub, uh, stubs his toe badly down the stretch. Yeah, and this, we always go back to this whenever we talk about the MVP votes and how Russell has never had one. The things to remember are voters only vote for one MVP. It's not first place, second place, third place. And you got to remember the importance that the team success plays in the voting. You almost never see guys on 9, 10, 11 win teams uh, win the MVP or even get much consideration. So if the Kansas City Chiefs, if they win 13 games and Patrick Mahomes – keeps up this pace it's going to be hard for wilson to get much consideration let alone win the award all right i'm going to try this joe i'm going to answer right now your overreaction mailbag on twitter and i want both of you to answer overreaction or re- what is it what's what are the choices overreaction or or reality or not. or not okay overreaction or not here we go with the packers loss on sunday to the colts even though at the time of this recording, we don't know what's going to happen between the Rams and the Bucks on Monday night, the Seahawks, considering their schedule and considering they're getting back some people healthy, are going to go 12-4 and four with one more loss the rest of the way and be the number one seed in the NFC. Joe, overreaction or not? I think it's an overreaction. Because I think at that point, Mr. Playoffs would have to come in and solve a ton of tiebreakers because... They're not going to be the only team at 12 wins. The Saints aren't losing three more games down the stretch. Three more? Because, they've, so, got two, they've got two losses. You're saying they're they've not They've got two losses, so okay. they have to get to, to five losses. The Packers, same thing. They would have to lose uh, two more. 
Um, so I, I'm going to say that's an overreaction at this point. There's too much football left to be played, and, and the, the, the tiebreaker picture is not clear enough in Seattle's favor to say that. Okay. Brady? Well, the, the Saints, are they're going to be without Drew Brees. He's on injured reserve. I know that they have the, the record advantage right now, but I could see them. I could see them losing three more games. If Seahawks finish, I don't think, by the, the way, as Mr. Playoffs would tell you, I don't think they have to lose three more games. I don't know yet, but I think the Seahawks, should they end up in a 12 and 4 tiebreaker with the Packers and the Saints, would have a pretty legitimate shot to come out of that tiebreaker. But, Brady, you can't him haw here. Either it's an overreaction or it's not. Now, Joe says it's an overreaction. Is it an overreaction or not? Brady, Mr. Him haw? No, it's not. All right. How's that for direct? <laughs> Okay, very good. I didn't exactly say it with my chest, but I gave you a yes or no answer. (laughs) Okay. Are we going to be able to figure this out between the three of us? We all come from different areas now. We've got Joe Fan, who missed the Rams-Seahawks game entirely. He picked the Seahawks to win, so he wants none of us to get the, the closest to the pin. He wants it to roll over. We've got Brady, who said 28-26 on the Rams-Seahawks game. Uh, yeah, kind of close. We got Mitch, who said 30-24, to 24, and it was 23-17. to 17. I don't know how to decide who got close. I mean, I've, I've taken the tape measure out on the green, and I've come to a very, very close call between Brady's ball and my ball. Of course, Joe's in there with snorkel, with snorkel on. He's in the <laughs> lake somewhere. Uh, how do we decide? I, I happen to think very objectively that I, that I should that I should win I do I, I think that I should win I think I was close why why because we both were 15 total points off so that's exactly a push and you had it a two-point game and I had it a six-point game and they won by seven uh in Vegas my 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 pick would have been right your pick would have been wrong I just think in in some third or fourth tiebreaker Plus, I'm more handsome than the two. I, I just, I think that in some sort of like fourth tiebreaker, Mitch Levy should get this, should get the KP on this. Here goes Mr. Playoff trying to create all the tiebreaker <laughs> scenarios for the KP that was never agreed well, upon. Well, here's hold, one hold for on. me. Okay. Here's the first tiebreaker, Mitch. Who picked the winning team's score correctly? That's the first tiebreaker. I did that. 28 points. They didn't score 28 points. <laughs> the Seahawks scored 28 points. We're talking about no, we're talking about the Rams game, knucklehead. It was 23 to 17, and you picked 28 26. Now you want to still oh, use that? Okay. Still want to use that tiebreaker? I think no. you know, I see if Joe Fan would be reasonable here, which there's not a reasonable bone in the guy's body. He <laughs> he could be the judge and the jury here and excuse himself, but he is so of the mind that this should push over so he can steal it away on the Eagles game that I don't even think you can come at this in it with a reasonable manner. How, when we're using the phrases skins and we're using the golf analogies, do you not push it? You, you guys tied. You push it. The next one's worth two. That's how skins work. But this isn't a skin. This is a KP. Yes, then stop using the word skin. Okay, I, I'm stopping to use the word. You stop using the word right, and I'll stop using the word <laughs> skin, okay? No, I am right in this instance, and I will use the word right, and you have used the word skin. So maybe moving forward. Okay, new rules moving skin. forward. It's not but a through, skin. through eight weeks, nine weeks of the no table, you yourself have used the word skin for two months. No, but not as and much so as I've used you KP. you can't just say... <laughs> Oh, that's all erroneous. Throw it out the window. That's evidence 
on on the Mitch Unfiltered podcast <laughs> that we can go back and review the film, watch the tape, and it will incriminate yourself. Twitter and what vote. happens, Mitch? You are a, the biggest golf guy here. I'm going to filibuster this until I get my way. <laughs> what happens when you love golf games and you are a big rules guy? Yeah. When you get a skin or, and someone ties, you push the skin. Next one's worth two. So yeah, that, but, to me, is yeah. pretty sound logic that neither of you win. But the, but but what you're not getting here, Joe, from the golf guy, is the skin is the score on the hole. Yes, when there's two tie, they all tie and it rolls over. The KP, the KP, which is what this contest is, who is closest to the pin? We don't have ties in closest to the pin. We have to decide. Somebody is closer to the Ram score pin, even though Brady forgot what game we're even discussing here. Yeah, I did. <laughs> who, won the, who won the Cardinals game? We didn't pick the Cardinals game because oh, we didn't right. have a we, note table before the Cardinals game. All right. Okay, that's right. Okay, but here, my last thought on this is, <laughs> okay. look, in all likelihood, we're gonna, there's going to be a tie at the end of the season. We're going to have – somebody is going to have an equal now. I can tell so you who's, not, this who's is, not going to be in the tie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then you're right. This doesn't really solve my problem. I was going to suggest we get a half – we each get a half of a KP. But we're, we're, if it's between me and you, we're both going to end up with a half anyways. And I'll say to you what I said to you over text. The fact that you are willing to settle for a half KP is actually an admission that you know you don't deserve – the full KP that I deserve. I'm fighting. I want more than a half. I want. Or it's an understanding that he didn't win, and neither did you. <laughs> okay. Being reasonable. That's okay. what. That's what it is. All right. Twitter poll maybe or something like that. That's it, boys. Thank you. Uh, we've got Joe Fan, NBC Sports Northwest. Follow him on Twitter. He's terrific. He also does some TV spots, and you'll see him all over the place. And Brady Henderson, ESPN.com Seahawks Insider, always kind to us on uh, on Mitch Unfiltered. It's the Seahawks Note Table. It's brought to you by Taco Time and the Taco Time Northwest app, which reminds you to order ahead before you arrive at your favorite destination. Hey, guys, have a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you down the line on the Seahawks Note Table. Oh, man, I'm still laughing that we have no resolution to this conversation. (laughs) I appreciate it, Mitch. Thanks, man. Thanks, Brady. Thank you. Forgive me for how confused I was. I've been golfing, and I've been hopping back and forth between time zones. I don't know what's what Brady, Brady, we're used to it. Thanks, guys. I figured you. (laughs) Seahawks, Eagles, Monday night football. What an opportunity the next several weeks are for the Hawks. Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington. I mean – I know the whole any given Sunday thing, but aren't you thinking sweep? You'd be 11-3 and three with two to play and in control of the number one seed in the NFC. Hey, Lindsey Schwartz, the CEO of Daniels, is back on his very favorite podcast because he's a huge podcast listener here on Mitch Unfiltered. And I know, Lindsey, the recent edict from the governor is awful news for a brand like Daniels. How do you overcome this, and is there anything that we can do this time around? Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, it is tough, and and the timing couldn't be tougher for us and for all of our great team members. But this time around, we are going to give it a shot. We're going to keep the restaurants open for takeout and delivery, and we're even going to have some outside seating. We just built a really cool new tent at the Leshy location on the deck, and that's ready to go so you can eat out there any night. And then we're going to keep the deck at Daniels Lake Union open when weather permits. So we've got several different options. Bringing Daniels home for Thanksgiving, Lindsay. This is an interesting idea. It's been a big winner for you over the years for those of us that don't want to cook or clean. We don't want the hassle. 
Yeah, we're going to offer a fantastic option to go. So the same thing that we do every year, it's a great four-course dinner. It's $70 for adults, $20 for children under 10. You start off with a relish tray. You get to choose between clam chowder or Caesar salad. Lots of different entrees to choose from, turkey, of course. But you can go USDA prime rib, pork roast, king salmon, plant-based ravioli. And then for dessert, you choose between pumpkin pie, or cheesecake, you can get a steak if you really want for uh, a little bit more money. Did I see, uh, for those people that are listening to this on Monday or Tuesday, did I see that Tuesday night the the uber popular Apple Cup dinner with Heward and Bledsoe is on? It's just going to be in a virtual setting? Yeah, that's right. It's become uh, a really a really fun tradition for us. So this will be the sixth annual, and typically those guys come out to the restaurant and and do we do a great dinner, and those guys get up and speak. But this time we're going to do it virtual, so it's going to be a Zoom call. They both agreed to do it. Same great menu that we always do a three course steak dinner. And then uh, also each of them are doing a bottle of wine, featuring a bottle of wine from their wineries. So it's a package deal. You buy the dinner, you get two bottles of wine, and you can call our restaurants directly to place orders and arrange for the pickup. It's gotten a little tough, but Daniel's Broiler for the holidays. I think it's a great match, and Lindsay Schwartz, the CEO, has always been a great supporter of ours. We love Daniel's Broiler, a world-class steakhouse. Unfiltered. Episode 118. Listen, for those of you that have made it this long, I probably don't have to tell you this because you've probably already done it, but if you haven't, if you're looking for a gift, I know that all of you are saying to yourselves, yeah, I got my wife, I got my sons, I got my kids, I got my brothers and sisters, I got my mom mm-hmm. and dad. I got to get Mitch something. I know that I know there's We're a lot saying of, that. Okay. I know that people are walking around listening to 118. Yeah. It's the start of the holiday season. Sure is. Black Friday's almost here. Oh. And you're thinking, what can I get Mitch? I got to be able to get Mitch something. Yeah. I've got the perfect gift. Oh, okay. You don't have to buy me a thing. I just want you to go online. <laughs> I want you to go to all the, wherever you listen to the shows and click play on 118 shows. Please do. Or any shows that you haven't already listened to. Love click it. play. It'll help. Yeah, it does that's help. All. That's, yeah. all. That's, my, that's my stocking stuffer of the year. That's all I want. That's easy enough for everybody. Well, it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for maybe 80 shows. It yeah. was like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. Just boom, so boom, 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 boom. Now it's 16. Yeah. 16, 16 minutes. 16 minutes. There Other you go. stuff. You got some stuff before we get out of here? 2020 has been such a weird year for Earl Thomas. Oh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. anything. I don't know the Earl. Is there an Earl Thomas update? Well, tell he, me it's a good thing after all these bad things. Depends on who you ask. Uh-oh. So on, on Instagram. He's not in bed with his brother again, is he? Not yet. Okay. But he is apparently opening a strip club called Area 29 in Houston. Is he now? That's what people are saying because his Instagram post showed a club. It didn't look like a dance club. It had like a center stage. So people yeah. are assuming this is going to be a strip club that he's... Yeah. Oh, it's not open yet. You're just seeing well, pictures of it under construction of some sort. Well, it's yeah. opening Wednesday, November 25th, Thanksgiving Eve. Oh, no better okay. way to celebrate right. the holidays than to go to a strip club during yeah. a pandemic. They sell good chicken wings for Lou Williams? <laughs> Yes, they're having get a that, You get that reference? Of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but during a pandemic, you're going to open a strip club? Uh, <laughs> after what he just went through? Do you, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Good, good luck to him. I guess football's off the table at this point. Uh, I, I kind of blew all of, my, uh, all of my other stuff in the first segment, but I'll give you a couple. I've got this one. I like, you ever heard of Fred Van Fleet? 
Yes, I don't. Where do you know, know the name Fred Van Fleet? I just like the story. You want to know? People want to know what's a kind of. Give me a sports story that Mitch really likes. Here's one that I love. Okay, the Fred Van Fleet story. I know that name. So Fred Van Fleet is a guard, an all-star-ish type of guard for the Toronto Raptors, soon to be called the Tampa Raptors, which is the <laughs> other. I'm, I'm I'm getting my both of them out of the way. You know, the Raptors of Toronto are going to start the year in Tampa. They're going to be the Tampa Raptors. I just think that that's funny because I'm from Florida, and we don't even consider Tampa in Florida yeah. and just Tampa. It just yeah. feels like when people need somewhere to go, they just go to Tampa. Give them a choice, Toronto or Tampa. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tampa. Have you ever been to Tampa? No, I've never been okay. to Florida. A Florida man. I know. I've never been. i got to go. Well, Fred Van Fleet, and this is not going to be funny, and you're not going to laugh, and you're not going to... But Fred Van Fleet is an all-star-ish guard, and I think he went to Wichita State, if I'm not mistaken. He played in the Final Four. Um, He signed a four-year 85, or he's going to sign a four-year $85 million extension with the Raptors. Now, four-year is $85 million is a ton of money to you and me. It's 20-something million a year. Uh, I mean, Gordon Hayward signed a $120 million contract. So these guys are... It's not... But it's the significance of this contract. Okay. This four-year, $85 million contract breaks the all-time record. And I'm going to tell you what record it breaks. Okay. It's the biggest contract ever given to a guy who wasn't drafted out of college. Oh, interesting. I love this. That's great. Because I love college basketball. Yeah. I love these guys that are great college basketballs that don't end up being so – a lot of them don't end up being great pro players. Some of them are good college players that end up being great. You never quite know. Right. Here's a guy who was a kind of an all-American type of player, which for whatever reason didn't test well, didn't mm. work out well, didn't get drafted, thought his career was going to be Europe and all that sure. stuff and continental basketball or whatever it is, or the D-League, the G-League, whatever they call it. Four years, eighty-five million. Never has a player that gone that went undrafted gotten an eighty-five million dollar contract. I love. I that. like that. Story. That is a great story. I love that story. Now the question to me now you don't have the answer, but who was the second? Who, who did he beat? Who, oh, I don't. Who's know. the second best undrafted player? I'll have to look it up. Just well, I don't know up. about best. You mean wealthiest? You yeah, know, wealthiest. The, the best, but second best contract given to a yeah. yeah. An undra- I don't know that. I can look it up and find out for you. For I'm one interested. Eight, I'll, I'll tell you on one eighteen p. Sounds good. I'll be looking forward to it. <laughs> Oh, wow. I just, uh, my notes went away. All right. Kenny yeah. Rogers estate is suing a guy. Yeah. Did you see this? I saw that his estate is suing somebody for doing uh, like an unauthorized documentary or some sort of a show yeah, that they it. weren't allowed to do. Is that right? Yeah. The, yeah. the estate claims Kelly Junkerman, an employee and friend, went rogue after he recorded Kenny's last tour and he tried to release a DVD called Kenny Rogers. The gambler's last deal, like uh, a little on the nose, but all right, whatever. So yeah, his they told him verbally. They sent him a written warning. Kenny gave him permission to film it, but said just for personal use. I'm just I don't want this to go out. It's just for me and my family. And then Kenny passes, and this guy's got hours and hours and hours of footage. He wants to make a buck off it. Was our singing in the? As a matter of fact, it is. Yeah, if you listen to <laughs> did it, did it make the uh, make the film? It did. Well, that's part of the. That's probably why the estate hates it because <laughs> the estate said this is not up to the quality Kenny's used to. Here's how weird I am. I did read that story, and the worst part about reading any Kenny Rogers story in his passing or before he died is the the prerequisite shot of Kenny post. Oh, I know. I don't like it. Uh, He's it, come it out really, and said he regrets it. Really it. bothers me. Yeah, seeing him. I know. He was such a wreck. I just liked his look. 
You know, the the old Kenny Rogers with the with the beard and just just the whatever. He went through this. I don't know why he did this. Well, I can tell you, he, he had changed a, his face around. He had a wife who was younger and suggested he should get some plastic surgery to get a little hipper. You know, change his look up. Was a little it the bit. girl, same girl from Phil Collins, or not? Yeah, I think it's the same one. Or yeah. is it Dr. Dre's girl from Newport High School? Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Allegedly, he allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> but he's come out and said he that he regrets it. And it's too bad because that was a style that I think would have aged nicely. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like he he looked twenty eight when he was twenty. He always kind of had the old man look. Not only are you right about that, it was a style that would have aged nicely. People who are icons. I mean, on some level, his face is 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 an i. I mean, it's an iconic face. Sure, yeah. You shouldn't be. There should be a, a law against it. He should not be allowed to change that face. I don't know why it they would do be that. like. It would be like you won't get. You, it would be like Barbara Streisand changing the schnoz. But, uh, why wouldn't I? I don't know who Barbara Streisand is. Yeah, you do. Okay. But, I mean, her her signature is yeah. the big is the big honker. Yeah. Well, she's been. <laughs> this is your club that you like to have with all. It your, would be like. I mean, the, 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 he, she was afraid it would hurt her voice, but yes, I know what you mean. It would look weird. It would look. He, Jennifer he, Gray did it too. Yeah. I oh, did, I didn't like that I didn't at like all. It either. I know it gives you some distinction. I mean, yeah, just. Yeah. He he just when, when I saw I I don't remember when it was when I saw him for the first time post surgery yeah I could not believe it was him you and everyone else I know it was startling oh, yeah it's All been right. another stirring tribute to Kenny Rogers and the way he Go looks ahead. we can sing again <laughs> another sports card collector just hit the jackpot you're probably sick of these stories but somebody pulled a one of one LeBron James jersey card they they do this cool thing at these at these card shops where yeah. for seventy bucks you get to bid on any team you want, all right? You say, I got the Houston Rockets for 70 bucks. This guy's going to open a pack of expensive cards, and if the Houston Rockets on there, then you get, you get that card, right? But if, okay. but, if, but if there's no Houston Rockets, he just spent 70 bucks on nothing. So it's, it's, okay. a, it's a gamble. This guy had the Lakers. It's a gamble. It's a gamble, yes. This guy he had, the, had the Lakers, and he, he got a card that's probably going to sell for $100,000 is the point of the story. 70 bucks for a LeBron James card that's going to sell for $100,000. Collect- I'm keep telling you, collectibles are going crazy. Another one, the Double Fantasy album by John Lennon that Mark David Chapman signed. You remember when Lennon was killed by his fan? Quote, fan, that's some fan, right? But he had Lennon sign the cover of the Double Fantasy album. Before he killed him? Before, before he killed him. I didn't know that. He had him sign it on the way out and then waited for You know what was happening as, as the shooting was taking place? In 1980? I don't. Was oh. it 1980? I thought it was 80, 80, 81. Yeah, it was 80, I think. You don't remember how the world found out that, that John Lennon had been murdered? John Lennon. Oh, that's right. Monday Night Football. Right. In Miami, a Florida man. In Miami, at the Orange Bowl, the New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Howard Cosell broke the news to the world on Monday Night Football. I think I remember we hearing that. We have gotten that. terrible news. Yeah. A tragedy. Yeah. 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 So they're Did saying. Did not know that he asked him to sign the album first. And Mark David Chapman stashed it behind some flower pot at the at the hotel there. I should know the name of that hotel. It's famous. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. it's going to go for maybe two million dollars. They're saying this this record that's signed by John Lennon. Two million bucks. It just represents such sadness, though. But it's an iconic piece. I know. Of, I know. I mean, isn't it, just, it iconic? It just means. It's sold between. It just represents his heartbreak. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's it's such a it was such a weird story. By the way, make, Mark David Chapman was denied parole recently for the eleventh time, so we don't have to worry about him getting out. Okay. John Daly recovering from a surgery. Do you see this? He's, well, I know that he had some sort of a cancer, a bladder cancer, maybe. That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah. he was diagnosed with bladder cancer back in September. Yeah. And he recently entered the PNC Championship, along with his sixteen-year-old son. Oh, well, that's a that's a story that I never got out on one seventeen p that was on my notes that I didn't put I didn't. 
I didn't transfer to 118. Yes. Do you know who's going to play in that? You, you know that's you don't know that tournament. The PNC Championship. Is a tiger in it? Yes. Okay. He's never played in it before. Oh, okay. Why okay. has he but, never played in it? But that's not the story. All right. The story isn't the Tigers in it. The story is who he's playing with it with in it. Who's his teammate? It's a two man team. Okay. It's major champions that are invited to play with their brother, with their son, with their daughter, with their father. Okay. Yeah. You got to be a major champion and you got to be invited to play and then you can play. Tiger Woods has never played. He's playing this year for the first time with his 11 year old son. I love it. That's great. And is this te- is something you can watch? Oh, I mean, of course. It's a big oh, okay. turn. It's a big day. They all play with Nicholas always played with his grandkids and his ah. and his his sons and he he's played it every year for a hundred years and Trevino's and whatever. Tiger Woods playing for in it for the first time with his eleven year old boy. That's amazing. I love that. So Charlie. That, that's why Charlie Woods. That's why John Daly wants to play with his sixteen year old son. He's played already with his son. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. he wants to yeah. he wants to play in it yeah, again. They, play little, uh, they call him little John. Little John, little, little John, John. Yeah, yeah, little, little John, John Daly. Daly. Yeah. Zach Baggins was a guy we talked about. He wanted to buy the uh, the Los Feliz house that where some of the Manson murders took place. Remember we talked about that? Yes, it's the it's the house that I visited on my trip to California yeah, with my mom. It's the, up in the hills of Hollywood or somewhere up yeah. there on a cliff somewhere. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the one you saw, but it, it's one of them up there. It's the okay. La Bianca house. Yeah, because he wanted to do some kind of ghost thing with it. Whatever. Yeah, stupid. Well, now he's thrown down $80,000 at auction, and he snagged the original clown prop doll from the 1980s classic horror film, Poltergeist. Do you remember that movie at all? Of course. That's the one that, where yeah, my mom course. took me to see Rocky Three. It wasn't playing. So we saw that cockamamie movie at eight years old. I'm eight. <laughs> that clown scared the shit out of me, that scene. I don't know if you remember it at all. No. The clown's in the chair. I remember chair. a kid in the in the, in, in the tv or something that's a, that's his sister you, yeah, yeah or something like that yeah, i don't know it's um i hear you or am i got the wrong movie i'm back i think i'm is back it? or is that, that anyway the kid's in his bed there's yeah. clowns freaking him out a little bit so he goes to throw a blanket on it and he misses he puts his head down he looks back over the clown's now gone he's like oh shit <laughs> looks under his bed no pulls the sheets up nothing i was like oh he sits up on his bed from behind ah he gets choked out by the clown I stood up and screamed at the top of my lungs at eight years old. Thanks, Mom. It's no wonder I'm so weird. Anyway, he paid $80,000 for that. It's kind of cool. People say that it's, it's cursed because four people died during the filming of that movie, uh-huh. either during or after that, the filming of that movie. So I don't know why he wants it, but he's got it. Ten people have sent me this story about the guy who rescued his dog in Florida. Have you seen this video? No. It's a, it's a better video story because you have to kind of see it. It's similar to the story... Where the guy that you had wrestled, on wrestled with the alligator. Yeah, this guy does the same thing. These Florida guys, toughest people around. He's, he's redeemed. Take a look across the table from you. <laughs> he's redeemed every I've been Florida trying to man. Tell you, I'm the tough. I'm tough as nails. This alligator <laughs> grabbed the puppy. was was underwater with the puppy. The guy goes in up to his knees, pulls the alligator up out of the water. You can hear the puppy like yelping and like making noises. Oh, can't, can't, can't. Yeah, it was the guy. Prize the out and, oh then, my God. and then does like a little shake move and shakes the puppy out and the puppy takes off running and then neighbors say that that he reportedly tossed it over a nearby fence and hopes it won't return to the pond so not only did he rescue the dog then he just chucks it and says get the hell out of here it's my, it's my pond crazy but you can look the video up it's it's impressive it's really imp- I mean those, the amount of, of pressure that those things have I mean you know you grow it's crazy that he was able to do that anyway good for him do you see the Tyson food plant story uh, people in it, the Tyson food plant got some, sick. Well, Co- a COVID outbreak or no? Yes, there was yes. A, there was a yes. big one there. Yes, but, I remember that. 
somebody suing because they claim that the higher ups at Tyson were taking wagers on how many people are going to get sick at the plant, which is classy, right? Really classy. Yeah. They're, Oscar Fernandez is suing. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. He was infected along with a thousand other people and because re- Tyson required him to come. So, yeah, classy. RIP real quick before we go. Okay. Bobby Brown Jr. Yeah, I saw that. Wow. What this guy's gone through. <laughs> Excuse me. Crazy, right? Yeah, I saw that. Awful. 28 years old. Yeah. It's, it's not Whitney's son. Bobby no. has. The, the daughter was Whitney's daughter, but the son is from a previous relationship. Yeah, Bobby Christina that, passed know. away fifth, uh, five years ago Unbe- in 2015. Unbelievable. In a bathtub like yeah. mom. I got an RIP. Is that the only RIP you got? That's the only one I got, yeah. How about Jake Scott? You don't even know who Jake Scott is. Jake Scott yeah, sounds Jake familiar. Scott. Yeah. Go on. He was the uh, all-everything, all-world safety, first at the University of Georgia, and then, and then with the... Uh, the 1972 Miami Dolphins. Oh, Number okay. 13. It was Dick Anderson and Jake Scott were the safeties of that team. Two all-world safeties. Huh. A lot of people think he was also the MVP of the Super Bowl when they won. Oh, really? He then went into hiding after his playing days. He got in a fight with Shula. People couldn't find him. It was, you know, just completely, a huh. what do you call that, a recluse, recluse? Yeah, yeah. And uh, he died at the age of 75. He was a great, great, great football player from my youth. Jake Scott, number 13 of the Miami Dolphins. A safety wearing 13. Wore number 13, and Dick Anderson, I believe, wore 40. And uh, that was the 72 Dolphins team. And when they used to drink the champagne, which is the reason you'll be drinking the champagne (laughs) when Pittsburgh finally loses, and they will, um, he was one of the the mainstays. And I'm glad that he patched things up with Shula before both of them died this year. And a lot of those Dolphins guys have died this year. It's been been a bad year from that 72 team. I forgot Kenny Rogers passed this year. I had to look that up. I thought that was a couple years ago. It was two thousand. Just saying. I thought it was two thousand. Didn't we sing or- the day after he died? Yeah, but it, I didn't feel like it was two thousand twenty. But two thousand twenty has been rough. So this guy Jake Scott. So I'm sure he, the number is now retired, number thirteen, because of him in the Ring of Honor. Is it? Is that? Is that why thirteen? No, somebody else came along. Uh, they did. Yeah, oh, okay. They, they gave the number. I saw thirteen hanging up there one time, and so I, yeah. I thought it was because of yeah, Jake the Scott. Other thir- two great thirteens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, rest in peace to him. Yeah. All right, last one. You didn't seem to mean it. Say it again. <laughs> a half-dressed Connecticut man. Yes. Not Florida this time. Yeah. Was spotted humping trees in a stranger's backyard. Humping trees yes, in a stranger's backyard. Yes, that's what the story backyard. says. Yes, he's now behind bars on multiple charges record show. Something you were doing at the Apple Cup in 2022. <laughs> almost was, yes. Officers were dispatched Thursday afternoon to a residence on High Street. Of course. Yes, of course they were. After a 9-11 caller reported, there was an unknown male in a backyard, half-dressed, humping trees, screaming, and eating branches. When cops arrived, the suspect ran into a neighboring house, causing its inhabitants to flee out of fear. The intruder then subsequently exited the residence where he was placed under arrest. While in custody, he spat and assaulted police, resulting in a felony charge now because when you put your hands on a cop in that way. That's never good. And he is uh, locked up in lieu of $25,000 bond for humping trees. Oh, he's got two other pending criminal cases as well. So he's, he's had a rough go of it. When asked why he was so upset. <laughs> By the way, this is not going to be hilarious. Oh, no, no. Don't expect that. No, <laughs> this no. is going to be accumulatively funny. Yeah, I'm writing this on the way back from Squim on my phone with one <laughs> hand. So prepare yourself. Isn't that what the guy said? <clears throat> yes. Not hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not Acc- hilarious. Accumulatively funny. Almost. I, even, I still can't say the word. Go ahead. But when he was asked why he was so upset, the man told police that last year he was cheated on by a wreath. <laughs> a little known fact about the case, police determined the man's age 
by counting the rings around his... <laughs> Officials say that he was somehow able to impregnate the tree, and they welcome their brand new bundle of kindling to the world. I have a feeling you don't even know what kindling is. Have you ever made a fire? Oh, You're like, okay, all right, all right. Jesus. <laughs> all right, and finally, we now I know... I don't know what kindling is. Well, at least we all know how that bird was named. Ask me what bird. What bird? The woodpecker. <laughs> okay. Is this the last show before Thanksgiving? Really? I'm gonna miss everybody. Well, we're kind of. We're gonna. I said we're gonna do a few more patron shows this week. Yeah. We're gonna do Mr. P. Mr. P is gonna be great this week. Yep. Depending upon the results of the Bucks and Rams on on Monday night. That's right. Yeah. Seahawks will either be number two. I'll just give you a hint. They'll be number two at the end of this week. Number five. Just imagine if they're number two with all the movement going back and forth. They were seven this week. Imagine if they go up to number two. Yeah. And then they go on a four-game winning streak. <laughs> That's going to be impressive. Where do you think they're going to be after the four-game yeah. winning streak? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so we'll do Mr. P. We'll do the t- we got to do the tail of the tape for the Eagles game. Finally, a tail of the tape that I think will go the Seahawks way, but I'm not sure. <laughs> Finally. Even though with their defense, you never know. What happened to Carson Wentz? He was like the, the, the Oh, my God. I one. saw him throw a pass yeah, tell on me, Sunday just real that quick. was just awful. Really? He was like yeah, perfect no, height, no good. perfect speed, big so arm. So the, the coaches from Mount Vernon or Bellingham. Oh, I don't know that. He won the Super Bowl. They won the Super oh, Bowl yeah, together. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I guess Nick Foles Nick won the Foles Super Bowl. Won it. Yeah, but yeah. he got him there. I mean, yeah. he had a great. Hey, what happened to him? He was. They're, they're just terrible. Wow. They're terrible. Well, I shouldn't say that too loud because then people will blame me when the Seahawks yes, go exactly. there on Monday night. They'll have a career game, Carson. Uh, so Wentz. there'll be some patron shows, but yeah, the next we're not going to do a P show, an, a, an official one eighteen P. Gotcha. Yeah. The next official long show, long format show, will be one nineteen, and we got to figure that out. Do we want to release the the P show on the Monday before the Monday night game? Do we want to do an abbreviated show right after the Monday night game? Do we want to do guests? Do we not want to do guests? So I don't have any idea. But what I do want to do is thank you. And if anybody's listening to this Thanksgiving week, I'm assuming assuming they are. I said this at the beginning. I mean it. I really appreciate everybody. Uh, it's a week for me to reflect that I have my family and I have everything that's going on in my world. And, yeah. and that people have given me opportunities and second chances. Some have not. Some have. For those of you that have, thank you. For those of you who have not, you're not listening right now, so I can just say it. That's true. I, I, I get it. I get it. That's up to you. It's a personal choice. But for everybody who has given me an opportunity, I appreciate it. And I appreciate you coming in at a tough time during the podcast's history, which was not very long at the time. Uh, so uh, I think everybody really enjoys you. They don't think you're hilarious, Fine. but uh, you're, you're accumulatively funny. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes. Yeah, you said it nicely. Yes. No, thanks to everyone. Thank you for having me. I, I love doing this, and the listeners have been nice. Are you going to do it some and, more? Yeah, it's great. I oh, love it. Good. So thanks for having me. 100, you want, you want to take us out? What, what number is it? <laughs> it's a 118? Is that what it is? All right, episode 118 is in the books.